Welcome back to the Bodega Borfru Podcast, Volume 49. How are you guys doing out there? Thanks for joining. Thanks for sticking with us. No, it's been a little while from the previous episode, but this is going to pretty much be how we're going to do it from now on. How are you guys enjoying yourselves out there? I know here in Southern California, the weather's been really annoying. You know, I thought we were over this rain thing. We had a couple of good days of some good surf sessions. Waves started popping up again. Everybody got excited. Sun's coming out. Water's a tiny bit warmer. And then the next thing you know, it's raining again. And it's just going to keep coming. And this whole weekend, there's just shitloads of rain. And then we get one or two days where it cleans up and then rain again next week which is really annoying. But in those little days that we've had, I've had a couple of fun sessions uh, with the crew down in the OC, down at Blackies, which is honestly one of my favorite waves to surf. And it's it's the whole experience. I've actually never gone there and had a bad experience. Hopefully that doesn't happen. But in total, like even if the wave is great or not so great, every time I go there, like catch a bunch of waves, hang out with some cool people, see some really good people surf, get something really good to eat afterwards, which I think is a big thing that people neglect about the whole surfing experience. You know, it's not just about like getting in the water and getting out of the water. I think for me, at least it's the whole process and what happens before and afterwards. And afterwards, especially if you could hang out with your friends, talk some bullshit about other stuff that has nothing to do with surfing, get some good Thai food or some good Vietnamese food, I'm in, I'm all in and that's like my vibe, you know? I used to be that surfer that go in the water, go out, go to work. It was almost like surfing was this kind of outside thing. I like how it is now for me, how it transitions into my day. My experience the other day at Blackie's and in Newport was kind of like the perfect example of that, you know? Got some surfing in, got some social time in, got some business work in, came home, had enough time. I recommend everybody kind of get into that routine. It'll make you a lot happier. Some people don't have the luxury to do that. I understand that, but at least try to do it once a week. I think you'll see how much happier you are. I know I am. But anyway, let's do a little housekeeping. This is the Bodega Border Crew Podcast, Volume 49. Make sure to check us out on Instagram at Bodega Border Crew. Make sure to check out our page, bodegabordercrew.podbean.com, as well as the full episode listing on your iTunes player for track listings and things that we're talking about. Also, head over to bodegabordercrew.com to check out our latest collection of merch, t-shirts, wax, hats, and our zine is up, and it's going fast. So I definitely suggest you go pick that up. Speaking of our scene, I want to thank everybody who showed up to our party the other night at Waterfront Venice. Thank you, Sean Tully, for helping us put that together. It was fun. Ryan from Log Rap, we got to show our little clip. We had some technical difficulties with it, but we got to show a little piece of Jetty Blue 100. So thanks for that. This episode, though, is going to be a really long one, and I'll tell you why. First off, we have a little interview we did with shaper extraordinaire Ryan Lovelace. Ryan Lovelace is an amazing shaper out of Santa Barbara who produces some of the most interesting boards. I love his boards. Anytime I've tried one of his, I really dig it. Kind of want to get one of those uh, thick lizzies or maybe a tube shooter as a mid-length. We'll see what happens. But we did an interview with him. It was really great talked about where he came from and uh, where he's going and where he sees surf shaping and surf manufacturing going. Next up on the agenda is a little talk that I had with 
WSL's newest employee, none other than our boy, Mr. Devin Howard, who is now going to be the longboard tour director. So we sit down with him, we talk about what that means. You know, obviously I'm not a big fan of the WSL and I'm the one who prints the fuck WSL t-shirt. So it was a trip to be in that office in general. But I think what Devin's trying to do is really interesting and I hope you guys will listen. Lastly, we have a couple of short takes this week. The first short take is this little clip that TCSS put out featuring Ryan Glover, which is small, sweet, but nice fun. Uh, the second short take we have is this clip that Robots from did for Ruka featuring Grant Noble, which is really cool. And I'll talk about that and some other stuff that Robots from is up to. After that, we talk about this beach box storage shower that has a Kickstarter fund, which is a product that just popped up on my radar that I think is really interesting. And I'd like to get the word out and help these guys out because I think what they're doing is pretty awesome. And lastly, I'm going to be talking about this company Equinor that's trying to drill in the Australian blight for oil and what that means and how you could prevent it from happening because honestly, it's a big risk and really not worth it. So make sure to check that out at the end of the episode. But without further ado, I want to get into the tracks. And the tracks this week are going to be strictly on the hip hop tip. And it's mostly inspired by the fact that I asked Ryan to supply me with some music for this episode. I'm not going to tell you which one of the tracks are his. And it was all in that early 2000s era. So I am sticking to 99 to about 2014 era, that little chunk of space where people still have the essence of that boom bap hip hop era that we all love and grew up with but it have modernized it and i love it and so i put a bunch of tracks together i hope you guys enjoy and i'll check in with you guys in a little bit peace No more bondage, no more political monsters 
No more secret space launches Government departments started it in the projects Material objects, thousands up in the closets Could have been invested in the future for my comrades Battle contacts, primitive weapons out in combat Many never come back, pretty niggas be running with gas Rather get shot in they back than fire back We're tired of that, corporations hiring blacks Denying the facts, exploiting us all over the map That's why I write the shit I write in my raps It's documented, I meant it Every day of the week, I live in it, breathing it It's more than just fucking believing it I'm holding in ones, rolling up my sleeves and shit It's CeeLo for push-ups now, many headed for one conclusion Niggas ain't ready for revolution The average black male, live a third of his life in a jail cell Cause the world is controlled by the white male And the people don't never get justice and the women don't never get respected And the problems don't never get solved And the jobs don't never pay enough So the rent always be late Can you relate? We living in a police state Try to act like they ain't part of the dream Smart as a scheme, but it's a harder set Than Kadeem, same shit, different toilet Especially when them chicks spoiling It's in the mix falling, son, you got a brick boiling Don't let them cops know you got though a cop drove The block is hot, Joe, get ready, let the plots go Pull out them blocks while they chase us down Faces frown, big Ohio racist town Where I'm from, representing Cincinnati Where I'm from, you know the place Where I'm from, representing Cincinnati Where I'm from, you know the place, you know the place Cincinnati, you know the place You know the place Cincinnati, you know the place Yo, you, know the you got place. to understand where I come from to know what I do To the fans that clap hands, it ain't a show without you I know the cops' options, they wanna auction my chain And when they drive down Broadway, they watching my range they follow close cause they snoopy and They wanna know where I live like a groupie fan It's main flow, flow season, I'ma stay the truth Some players never ball again like Ray Carew That's how the ball bounces, count up the grams All ounces, all announces, too late the law pounces For that drug money, narcotic thugs and guns Clint East with a piece like the slugs of fun Life in the wild west, who escaped trial the best? Who can cop a QP for a thou or less? When the bullets ricochet and straight plow your chest God please help me now you're blessed Where I'm from? Representing Cincinnati Where I'm from? You, you, you know the place Where I'm from? Representing Cincinnati Where I'm from? You, you, you know the place You know the place Cincinnati You know the place You know the place Cincinnati You know the place You know the place Cincinnati Oh yeah Time for the third This goes out to them young cats now in the bird While I was in the studio getting my demo live up Jay Williams was shooting 
up his limo driver It's true, it seems like life ain't fair Seems you can't touch it, but it's just right there Near the cracks, the stacks, the safes and floors Near the jacks, the max, the snakes and more You act like you too drunk Like an alcoholic would say Manager versus manager and call it the day We can battle for your publishing and stall it for yay But with a gun in your mouth, I guess that's all you can say We on that street shit, constant cash flow to eat with My heat spit next to the ground, that's what my feet say Zone out, stay steady with cash Keep that tough talk coming, yeah, I'm ready to blast Where I'm from, representing Cincinnati Where I'm from, you, you, you know the place Where I'm from, representing Cincinnati Where I'm from, you, you, you know the place
Glock 61 sold out shows Came home and caught a bus to the 62nd Shirt sweated full of work ethic Been in love with the shit since I first met it Rhyme singers is the first to come, last to leave Ain't no tricks up our sleeve, this is what we believe We like doctors, don't get it mistaken We call life out when we sit in the basement We self-taught, this is real as you make it Is freezing all kinds of different regions. The rhythm is the reason you're checking for what we've done. Please, son, our thesis. So we've been cool in pieces. Your rhymes ain't right, homeboy. You in the season. Ain't so my quality control. Captivate your body patrol. Your mind, body, and soul fold. The bell tolls like the rhythm explode. Yeah. Well, it's the angelic man, relic plan, repellent, my plan, parent, manuscripts, withstand bullets, flashing like a Japan tourist, we command pure hits, while you cramming to understand these contraband lyrics, my fam submits to pray, five times a day, climbing into your mind with live rhyme display, J5 finds a way to remain supreme, coming verbally harder, son, as if my name was Kapeen. Yo, hey, yo, my team dream works, when I spill birds, I spill words, communicate from the earth, pull out the universe, I transmit, Transcripts, transcontinental lyrics, deeply rooted in your spirit. Uh, I love the power of words, nouns and verbs, depending on the sword. Linguistic or the war, no folklores or myths in my penmanship. The path of scholar warriors is what I present. Uh, verbally decapitating those against uh, Jahaf, Fisibili, my words make sense. She got to get up on your vocab, you got to have vocab. Letters make words, and sentences make paragraphs. Quality control. Smart seven tuna bitch die Producers of the highest quality product. Yo, I make the pen capsize. The bubble with the planet eyes. Planet knives, every pen that I utilize. Spit juice.
juice Crack blood from your tooth And flick truth Speak a lies 99 after you You baby MCs drink PD your life While underground doesn't like you The media might But we be your feet We'll change that As we bridge gaps In this lyrical grudge match Brothers we slug back Yeah, we bless tracks With the help of a raw rap Imprint it like poor tracks All over your brain rack My mental maneuver will claim and steer right through ya We grand like Puba Understand that we move Hey yo, my rhythm reveal Roller coaster, real deal Revolutionize, we act and build I plant my dreams in the field And wait to harvest my skills For the starving MC Hungry, trying to get the meal Hey yo, my quality control Captivates your party patrol Your mind, body, and soul Cover the bell toes Let the rhythm explode Big, bad, and bold Being boys of up everybody welcome back to the bodega border crew podcast volume 49 can't believe we've done 49 of these still a trip to me anyway hope you guys enjoyed the tracks uh let's do a little housekeeping this is the bodega border crew podcast make sure to check us out on instagram at bodega border crew make sure to check out our page bodega as well as the full description on your itunes player for track listings and links to things that we're talking about also, head over to bodegabordercrew.com if you want to cop some of our merch, cop our new zine that is selling out really quick, and check out some of the other stuff that we're up to. But right now, I want to get into this interview we did with Ryan Lovelace. So, many of you know Ryan Lovelace. Most people know him from being the shaper behind boards like the Rabbit's Foot, the Tube Shooter and the v-bowls these are some of his most popular shapes but he shapes a lot of stuff and he's always working and i've been fascinated by his boards ever since i've tried a couple of his boards from random people i know and i think they're really interesting they're perfect california boards as far as i'm concerned so we sit down with him in his studio talk about where he came from where he's going where the industry's going and i hope you guys enjoy where did were you born and where did you grow up um, I was born and raised in Seattle, Washington. Oh, okay. Um, just just north of the city, a little neighborhood called Green Lake. Uh-huh. Um, was there until I was 18 and moved straight down here. So. What did you move down here for? I wanted to go to Brooks to go to photography school. Okay. That was, that was like what I had in my mind's eye. Um, and then I got here and kind of, it was way more money than I could afford to, I mean, it was insane what they were charging for tuition, I mean, college in general, but... Well, art um, colleges will repeat like they'll fucking repeat your asshole. I think it was like sixty thousand dollars a year for admission, Fuck. and then all the camera gear you had to have all the shit for all the different classes, and rent spaces to do all that. I mean, it was insane. So like, I just I took a second right when I got here. I was like, let me take a year. Let's go to city college, get my head straight, work on my portfolio because you had to have a fat portfolio to get in. And yeah, yeah, whatever it was. And so I just said, uh, you know, I'll give it a give it a year, figure it out, settle in, and within that year. I mean, just kind of life started. You know, I just made my first surfboard in, I think, May. Yeah, May of the first year I was here. 
and I think the next month made another one, and the next month made two, and now I'm just it snowballed. Now, where do you uh, now living up in Seattle? When did you start surfing? I would surf um, in Lahaina at my grandparents' place. They oh, they okay. lived um, on Maui until I was about twelve or thirteen. Um, they they moved there in the I think mid sixties, early okay. mid sixties. Um, so we go spend a couple weeks there every summer. Oh, and my cool. dad would push me and my brother into waves. So it was something that was like seated in my brain. Uh huh. And in my like consciousness, but it wasn't something I could actively do. And I think almost for anyone, if you instill a love of something into somebody and then keep it away from them. Yeah, they're going to they're <laughs> yeah, see gonna what happens on. when they get free. You know? like, I'm 18. <laughs> this is where I'm going. I had a I, I had a surfboard and would try and surf. You know, we go to like Oregon coast or something with my family. But I was, you know, younger child of me and my older brother for a long time. And then... Um, my younger brother came along when I was 13 and so we were I mean my priorities were pretty low mm-hmm. on the totem pole in yeah, terms yeah. Of what we were gonna, I did get to surf like in Oregon a little bit on our trips but I could never say that I was like a Pacific Northwest surfer yeah too. there's just no way you could say that I was a fucking kook <laughs> but I will so not, not until you came here to Santa yeah. Barbara yeah. Um, <clears throat> and what what made you want to like shape your first board uh, I was saving up for a, to get a fish I'd seen the um trailer for glass love uh-huh. when it was just released i think it was 2004 it was i think it came out a year or two later but the trailer was out in 2004 something like that and and i saw it and just the trailer on surfline and and i was like wow that looks fun like i want to do that let's let me get a fish yeah <laughs> and uh, i was saving saving on a city college budget it just wasn't happening and my buddy from thousand oaks who was up here for school um he was like, well, you should make one. I, I made one. And I was like, wait a minute. Like, if you can make one, I can make one. <laughs> For sure. And uh, I was like, how long did it take you? It was like, only like six months. I was like, easy. <laughs> and I mean, little did I know, it did not take six months to make one surfboard. Yeah. Um, but it was just off and running. And I mean, that's the way that I was raised was if you want something, you can make it. Yeah. I mean, go for it. Whatever you want to do, go nuts. Um, so it made a lot of sense when he was like, we should just make it. I was like, duh. Yeah. Okay, cool. Um, so yeah, it was just off and running. Did anybody show you anything or? No. Um, I, I didn't even know to ask. I was completely naive to the whole surf culture, surf world. I mean, I've, I've been like pegged before. I was like, we just wanted to move to Santa Barbara to be a part of what goes on. I'm like, dude, I didn't give a fuck about Santa Barbara versus anything. Like I don't, I didn't know shit about shit about shit yeah let alone that you should like ask somebody to learn how to shape or yeah. like try and get involved in a community i just love surfing and so that was i mean my entry was really naive and really innocent and um that has its own consequences i guess <laughs> but um but no i i didn't get any formal training from from anybody in terms of shaping or um I did work at Fiberglass Hawaii for two and a half years from okay. like when I was about 20, like 19 uh-huh. and a half, 20, yeah, 20, into my early 20s. And Wade Easterling, the manager there, uh-huh. I would like say is my mentor, was my mentor at the time. And he just taught me about like composites though, like mostly glassing, um, how to work with the chemicals, how to you know, control the, what you're doing. So my shaping and, and that was all on the side and was kind of a byproduct of learning the entirety of the craft as a whole. Mm-hmm. I wasn't even 
curious about just shaping. I wanted to be a surfboard builder. Like, so you wanted to do from, from, from like start to finish, like absolutely. drawing to like writing. It's Everything. The yeah. whole thing. I wanted to, I mean, I've always been a purist and a, and a romantic for sure in, in art and craft. And so for me, it wasn't, I mean, it was like on the first board, I didn't even know that you could have somebody else glass it for you. <laughs> I didn't know shit. Like, you're like, I thought this whole thing was like yeah, all me. <laughs> I thought it was, I thought that's what it was. I thought every, Joe Blow brand surfboard was made start to finish by Joe Blow. Yeah. Like, I thought that's the way it was because that's the way I think things should be in my, you know, uh-huh. perfect world. But, um, yeah, I was, I just tripped and stumbled my way through it. And I think the second, yeah, the second board I ever, that I shaped, I found out that you could have someone else glass it. And so I had that on glass because I lived in an apartment. Um, and then after that, I glassed all my own boards for the next 10 years almost. So you were just making them for yourself, basically. Like I yeah, want the I, first, the first ten. I think the tenth board was my first custom board ever. Okay. And that was early. Okay. Um, Do I you still have that first fish? Uh, I don't have my first board ever anymore. Um, I have a photo of it here somewhere. Oh no, I just took it back in my shaping room. Um, huh. I uh, I deconstructed that thing in my mid twenties, in a kind of like waste not want not kind of uh-huh. mood. And I was like, well, I'm not surfing this anymore. It should be yeah. reborn to something else. I do have the second board um, oh, that's good. that I ever made. And that's just above our heads up here somewhere on top of this roof. Oh, cool. Um, Is that fish as well? That one was a um, wing, round tail, single fin, monster. Oh, um, sick. I went pretty like out of like left field, especially for that time in terms of like modern surfing, like what was available. Mm-hmm. Like I went for the weird shit immediately. That was... Was that more that you wanted to like because it wasn't out there to find or? Um, no, I, I just would, I I mean, when I started looking into shaping my own board, it was like off to the races with whatever I could read. So mm-hmm. anything that I could find, a photo of, a picture, anything like that. And that whole culture of build it yourself kind of thing and DIY surfboard building, I think has always been a little more like left-leaning a little more mm-hmm. towards single fin sponsors fishes because mm-hmm. that's where it came from really yeah where the I guess the industry came from and so it really to me like I saw photos of weird boards from back in the day I was like I want to make that like what yeah. is that thing so I remember seeing one particular picture of a bonzer and it was actually it wasn't a Malcolm or a Duncan bonzer it was um, some Australian shaper but I just huh. saw the photo just captivated me I was like what is going on there and it had a really weird bottom shape on it. It wasn't even a like typical bonzer bottom, but it had the How fins so? in it. So it was this weird like step channel thing where if you were to take like the rough outline of where the concaves are supposed to be placed uh-huh. and almost make that in a channel. Whoa. And then come up so it would like just dip really hard at the outsides, go flat, 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 and then spike up in the Oh, bottom. so it wasn't like that it kind of mellow. Mm-hmm. It was very weird. Huh. <laughs> That was the third board I made. Isn't that almost like, in a way, like, I would think, at least in my head, it's almost like that, that whole, like, morning of the earth channel kind of, like... It was, I, I could find the photo somewhere. It's nothing I've ever seen since. The I mean, closest sounds... thing that you could probably say at the moment would be, like, I guess what Gary McNeil is doing with his, the big straight channels down Ross's boards. Yeah, yeah. Kind of like that, but make them in, like, an S shape on either side of the board. Oh, that's, like, crazy. <laughs> it was really weird. So you're like, yeah. I, I have, I... Well, I'm not going to be able to get that board, so I have to make it for myself. Yeah, it was, it was just, uh, I mean, I was, like, way bitten by the building surfboards bug. Mm-hmm. I just wanted to make more surfboards. Mm-hmm. So I would just see one that captivated me and, and make that and figure out what it did. It wasn't even a, I want a bonzer. 
something uh-huh. we make one it was just like that looks like a fucking trip mm-hmm. how to make those curves I think more than anything so it's kind of like a challenge in a way to your abilities totally. which totally. is cool so you're just a curiosity I mean, just uh, yeah like I get really really obsessive and really curious about stuff when it takes me um, so that was really to blame I think was just being really really open like I kind of I mean for me like looking at it now looking back and I didn't have any preconceived notion of what surfboards were or what they were supposed to be so for me it was just a whole new world opened up immediately and I didn't have any oh you're supposed to be shortboarding or longboarding or this or that and it's not cool to do this and it's not cool to do that I just saw everything that I wanted to see and just focused on that so I didn't really come from one or the other at all that's um, right I mean at least like you're, you're doing kind of like what's <clears throat> a what's interesting to you like you're seeing these things and the other thing too is you are challenging your abilities that totally and anytime someone does that it makes them better at it right like if totally. you don't, I mean I, I think a, I think any artist is unhappy with most of their work at the end of the day and I, mm-hmm. I've said it before but I question an artist that's really satisfied with their work I hate fucking every single thing I've ever made in my life. I hate, and it drives my wife fucking nuts. And she's like, I hate that. I, 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 I will be the first one that like, no, this is garbage. She's like, this looks so great. I'm like, no, no interest. I'm over it. Never good enough. You, you absolutely, if you're going to be a productive artist, like you have to say like enough's enough at some point and stop yeah. shaping the board or stop fidgeting with your piece or stop pushing pixels mm-hmm. around. Like you have to quit it at some point and move on or say, okay, I've learned what I've learned. Um, walk away and then go on to the next one but I guess for me that's where it comes from like that's why I like making a lot of surfboards like every day I just love mm-hmm. doing it like let's go let's go let's go and there's either satisfaction in making something really weird and new and a full one-off thing mm-hmm. and I get a different satisfaction from shaping the exact same mid-length I've already shaped 2,000 of them before mm-hmm. and it's exactly the same like it's a different there's like a samurai satisfaction and then like a weird hippie satisfaction and, no that makes sense know. no I could see that there's like a zen to one and there's more of a chaos to the other right yeah, there's totally. like like when you're doing those one-offs it's like you're walking into a, a void that you don't know what's going to happen totally versus the other one is like this is my zen moment of shaping or creating something that i'm like i know how this is done you see it you see a lot of really good i think chefs the same way like mm-hmm. where there's like this one dish or these dishes that they know how to do and they just go through it and it's like perfect and like mm-hmm. their satisfaction is getting that repetition and maybe doing a little tiny thing that might have improved a tiny bit that yeah, most people totally. won't notice, yep. but they notice. Oh, yeah. And then there's that thing where it's like, I want to cook with some random ingredient <clears throat> I've never touched in my life, and yeah. let me see what happens. Yeah, yeah. No, that's cool. Um, you were saying that you're, by your 10th board, someone bought it for someone as a custom. Um, How did, like, did people see your boards? Like, No, I, so I've always been like super super shy so my outlet through all of high school was like online forums okay so I was way into motorcycles through high school oh okay and so I was all over motorcycle forums that's the only place I could even talk to other people that like motorcycles because uh-huh. I was in high school nobody else fucking liked <laughs> motorcycles and they're 16 yeah so like for me when I started getting into surfboards just a couple years later I immediately looked for forums uh-huh. and so I went on Swaylocks which is still alive and well and doing good things for people and and I just read as much as I could so f- I was putting out surfboards like photos of what I was doing more to find out if I was doing it wrong than to share oh. what I was doing as this is really cool I was just like what do you guys think because mm-hmm. it was a small community at the time mm-hmm. and Swaylocks now it's huge but um, I was like this is my first board what do you think of it and, you know and people would give you feedback or say hey I 
think I'm about to foil a fin. Anyone have any advice for me? And they, you know, write out something for you. And so I had put boards out there and I had a bunch of photos because naturally I like to take photos of things. And I just realized that about nine boards in, it probably took me almost a year to do those first, about a year. Um, but I was like, well, I obviously want to keep making surfboards. Mm -hmm. I'm obviously in love with it. I have a lot more curiosity than I have budget to make myself boards over and over as a college student. So at some point, I have to start making boards for other people. Mm -hmm. And to me, I was like, okay, so I just went on Craigslist and said custom surfboards, like 400 some odd bucks. And I just wrote out, like, I like to make fishes and single fins and this and that and the others and longboards and whatever. If you want one, let me know. Um, and the first guy that, um, it's funny, the first custom order I ever got was through that ad maybe a week or two later. He's been my mentor ever since. That's how we met. And he's a dear friend of mine. But uh, he actually just married my wife and I last year. Oh. Um, and he got a 5.6 black opaque gloss and polished twin fish. Okay. I mean, talk about... <laughs> any surfboard builder is going to roll their eyes at a black gloss and polish. Yeah. Like, he's like, fuck me. Like, yeah. that's not... Like, I didn't even know to, like, not take it. I was yeah, like, you're I like not have. But the board <laughs> came out fantastic, and it's still together in a good shape. Oh, really? Um, he rides the shit out of it. He's a good surfer. Uh -huh. And, uh, yeah, it blew my mind. But that whole process I would invite him out to the shop every day when I was shaping the thing uh, more of again to say like is this how you like the nose you know is this like these are the kind of rails you like and have him check it and I'd change it if it wasn't and um, it was more just so to make sure I was doing it right for him mm -hmm. and for him I think he thought it was like a let me share with you like this experience and mm -hmm. and um, and it was really confidence inspiring and really cool for me to share that experience with mm -hmm. somebody and the friendship we built out of it kind of proved to me like wow you had to open yourself to opportunities and, and experiences and so I've always liked making customs more than anything because it's that you get a personal dialogue with the owner you get to deliver it to them by hand when it's done you just say here's your board I mean ideally unless they live somewhere else but um, that whole interaction between surfer and shaper I think is really sacred and I know there's a big trend right now as a one-person surfer-shaper machine, like, that's always really impressive. Um, but I think for the majority of, surfer, of surfers, the, the relationship between shaper and surfer as two different people is really, really sacred and cool and fun, and it, it mm -hmm. opens a lot of doors for a lot of people to experience a lot of things. Mm -hmm. um, I've always been captivated by that. Well, it also gives you the opportunity as, like, a surfer, if you develop, <laughs> I would think, I know... There's a couple of people I work with who like make boards here and there for me. Like you, you wind up getting things that are more tailored to you than like something like off the rack that you think is going to work for you. Totally. You know, like hey, this is where I surf. You've seen me surf. Like they could be like, okay, he's a little bit more front foot heavy than yeah. like I usually think. Like I'm going to put a little bit more volume in the front. Like that kind of stuff. You know, like totally. they'll make a version of their model if you would quote unquote model, but yeah. it's going to be more to to you. Oh, there's. I was telling a guy yesterday uh, who was picking up his V bowls that. But there's probably a solid dozen different versions mm -hmm. of V-Bowls. I don't talk about it really mm -hmm. openly because it's you get into the way minutia of a shape. Yeah. And the stuff that you just start to lose people. Unless yeah. you can really show them what you're seeing through your eyeballs. Yeah. But, I mean, there's... Yeah, if you tell me if you use one word versus another when you're explaining something, like, I'll switch mm -hmm. what I'm doing. I'll, I'll fully change. Okay, well, now I'm going to make this version instead of that version. Depending yeah. on where you are, who you are. 
how heavy you are, how you talk about your own surfing, mm-hmm. all of that is encompassed in how a shaper makes a board for somebody. And that's the thing I think a lot of people don't, like in the public surfing, I don't realize, like, you know, they're so used to this, like, <laughs> off the rack, like, it has X volume, it's this wide, right. it's this, it's got this fin setup or this bottom mm-hmm. contour. And I think that does work to a certain extent, but I think if, like, I always look at it this way, like, I was a very, I came to surfing very late in my life. Mm-hmm. So I need any single advantage I can get. Like that's how I like I need whatever is gonna help my world out. Yeah. So like that's why I'm like, hey, look at me surf, see this, like what do you think I need? Like I'm not yeah. gonna be offended like if you're like, hey, we need to put like maybe a little bit more volume up here or less here. It's it's really I mean, you know, a lot of it's it depends on how much of a seeker you are, I think, in, in a core of your being like surfing is one thing and it's a physical act. It's, a, it's an experience or whatever you call it but whether you want to just go buy a surfboard off the rack and go experience your surfing or you want to then go deeper and discuss your what you should get with somebody that works at the shop and really have a conversation if they should advise you on what you want to get or go one step farther and contact a shaper about it and find out then go one step farther and even order a board personally from that shaper like there's different levels that you can go and, and involve yourself in your own surfing mm-hmm. and that's just to each his own that's all good I mean we're all satisfied with different amounts of things mm-hmm. for me I'm always like searching for like a peak experience um, mm-hmm. no the same way um, so I could totally respect that that's why I love I love your work and I've I have friends of mine who've ordered boards from you and it's like they all talk about that and I love cool. I love hearing their experiences not just with you but other people who also do that because I'm like this is from because it's what I like yeah you know in a sense like that's sort of what I dig like also it's like you know let's be honest like the money investment you're making a surfboard is it really worth saving two three hundred bucks and not getting exactly what you wanted yeah spend the fucking extra money the extra two months who gives a shit yeah you get what you want I mean it's you know like I try not to pass judgment on anyone and what they're getting I just you know yeah, it's different strokes for different folks. Yeah, it's like, well, like you said, it's like what you want to get out of it, right? Yeah, totally. And, and how do you get that from mm-hmm. that? Because it's, you can, I know guys that have more satisfaction from their surfing on a random board they got off a, out of a dumpster or on mm-hmm. Craigslist for 30 bucks mm-hmm. than a guy that just spent $2,000 on a custom, mm-hmm. some hot rod surfboard. Yeah. It's totally, but it's, you know, each guy got satisfaction out of that in some mm-hmm. different way and that's cool. That's, that's all good. Um, well, just behave in the water. Yeah, <laughs> but like surfboards in general, though, are kind of this like wormhole, right? Like you could go down like all these different wormholes, especially today that you yeah. have shapers like yourself that you guys are exploring a lot of different concepts. Like, you know, you look at people who like go like a friend of mine, like is deep in the hull wormhole, right? Mm-hmm. He's like, fuck, he's actually ordered a couple of boards from me, Chris Chatterson. He does oh, that, yeah. that Instagram account. Oh, hull, yeah. hull. Oh, so we've talked about your different <laughs> V-bowls. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And so like, you hey, know. Chris. Yeah, he's just like he's like, dude. It's like it's like this wormhole on acid. Like you could just keep going and you don't realize what day it is. Mm-hmm. Like like twenty years might have passed and you're like, oh shit, totally. Uh, which is rad. That's the kind of stuff I geek out on. You know, like I definitely have my, if you will, like my buckets, like my my long boards that I'm into and my shorter boards. And then like you know, we go to Hawaii for a little bit. And, like my Hawaii boards and like yep. those are all my different totally. kind of things. Uh, but you talked about the different versions of your V bowls. How did that design first come out? Um, I was, it's funny because I was riding displacement holes for six or seven years. Ones that you were making? Yeah, totally. Um, That was, that was my game. Like that was my whole thing with displacement holes. I was off my 
friggin' rocker about this place. The Wormholes. So that yeah. was just, that was it. And me and a couple buddies, like, they sparked, I mean, I was making fishes and whatever for other people, but for me, I was making hulls. And I kind of lost my motivation to make boards for other people after a while, and then I met um, my friend Kyle Leitner, um, and he was interested in what I was making for myself, not for other people. He kind of teased it out of me, and I was going to stop renting my shop. I only had one more blank. I was kind of just whatever about it. I was like, no, I'm good. And uh, he was like, just make me one last board. Like, make me whatever you want to make yourself. Make it. Just go wild. Do whatever you want. And so I made a super, super foiled out displacement hole. Um, it was called the She Hole at the time. And and that was the board that, that was actually the first board that ever had a resin dot. Um, it's because I actually accidentally delaminated a, a hole in the bottom of it when I was putting the box <laughs> in. And the whole thing was dark blue. And so I sanded off that circle and then signed my name inside of it. And then glass clear UV over it. Let me ask you something. Is that the one that showed up on Craigslist like like six months ago? No, that one got ripped apart and burned. Okay, because um, there's one that <laughs> popped up that was a dark color one that was the she people. So that I I easily made a couple hundred of those. Okay, that was I mean within I was right place right time with with what I was doing. There's nobody, no young people especially doing something mm-hmm. like that with weird kind of out there really foiled out boards. So. A fair amount of people got them for me. I was busy. I was I was already doing ten boards a week. By the time I was about twenty three, Jesus. Um, a lot of people don't realize that. A lot of people will be like, "Oh, it was Instagram sensation or whatever." Blah blah. I was more than full time hand shaping more boards than most people per week in my early twenties. Oh my god! I mean, um, that's like about five hundred boards. That, yeah, yeah. That's intense. Um, and there's, of course, like, you know, times where it was like that, and then a year or two would go by, and it was half that, or, or but there was for sure 10 boards a week for, I remember that vividly. Shit. Um, and that's, yeah, so, I mean, there's a lot of back backstory, and we could go way back <laughs> through all of that, but it all basically, to come back to the V-Balls, yeah. uh, I was riding hauls nonstop, and I ended up going to Australia for my first time and took all my holes over there thinking like, oh yeah, here we go, I'm going to go surf a bunch of sand bottom point breaks on these things and it's <laughs> going to be sick. I don't know who, th- riding displacement hole in the swell that hits Australia is a fool's game if you know what those things are supposed to be doing. I think it's funny um, how trendy they are uh, for how inaccessible they are in short period swell like that. Yeah. Um, it just doesn't do the same thing that it does here. You don't have the same type of wave, you don't have the same face to run along, you just, I mean... You know, it's, it's just not the same, but that's like I said, I'm into peak experiences. Mm-hmm. Um, so for me, I got really frustrated on that trip, and towards the end of that trip, I wrote a board that uh, my friend Jordan Noble had shaped um, with Wayne Lynch. I don't know if Wayne was involved in shaping that board or he just borrowed the template, but they were buddies at the time. And, and uh, Jordan was like my age at the time, in like early 20s, and, and I wrote his board, and I was like, wow, this is refreshingly fun. And it was really like a neutral egg but really thin through the middle and foiled to the rails. So really similar to what I was doing, but uh-huh. a lot more neutral and just a wide round tail, narrower round nose. Um, wasn't nearly as extreme as the V-Bowls is, but it just got me thinking on a different a different wavelength and say, okay, like maybe the back foot is kind of where it's at for, for surfing these more all around waves. Um, Cause you just can't be up in the front third of a board no. and the wave isn't running. Um, yeah. So I came home and thought about it for a while, and a couple months later, I 
basically it was stale on my, my shaping and surfing again. And I was like, well, how do I change what I'm doing? And I was like, all right, let's make that board, that, that seed that had been planted from Jordan's board. And, and so I just drew the outline as like a wide point back, big wide round tail, really narrow round nose, um, really exaggerated version of what I'd seen in my head. Mm-hmm. And I was just trying to get out there, like yeah. that other satisfaction. And, and I remember at the time I would draw the outlines out and then I'd stand the thing up and walk away, like not looking at the board. And then I'd just turn and like reveal to myself yeah. and be like, okay, what is it? And I remember walking away like 20 feet, turned and looked and I immediately started for it saying, fuck no, I'm not shaping that surfboard. That is really <laughs> ugly. And I was like, there's no way. Because that just wasn't even like, even in the close to the realm of what I wanted to like see. It was just backwards. Everything was wrong yeah. to me. And I remember I was halfway back to the board. I was like, wait, that's why we're here. I'm trying to shake this up. Just keep pushing. Try it. Just push your boundaries and just mm. go outside of your comfort zone. And so that was that was the first V-Bowls. Um, that thing, I remember the first time I surfed it, thing did not work for shit um, <laughs> until I started thinking about, okay, well, how are those guys surfing back then with these kind of like style outlines? And I was like, oh, just way on your back foot. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so yeah. on one of my last waves, I just like cranked it off my back foot and the thing just exploded. And I was like, whoa, like this is a surfboard. Yeah. And all of a sudden I just had this fantastic relationship with this new board. And I think maybe a month later I made the second one. It was like seven, nine with more rocker, thicker rails, thicker in the middle, a little narrower nose even. And it just became then, God, years of experimenting with that same, same kind of concept of once I figured out what was making all the boards feel similar because uh-huh. they're all really radically different mm-hmm. but they all felt really had these similarities to them once i figured out what was making them feel similar i just kept that as like the holy grail of the v-bowls and to me now there's a million different variations mm-hmm. that i've gone through and they all do different things differently depending on what you want them to do mm-hmm. and so i to me like the v-bowls is more of a concept at this point than an exact model that can't be changed like every v-bowls is slightly different than the other because they're all custom. I mean, I do handfuls of stock ones, but compared to the customs, it's not even a fraction. Yeah, and that's what Chris was telling me. Like, Chris is like, he's like, I've had a couple of them, and they're all, like, they're totally different, like, yeah. in, a, in a really good way. He's it like, depends on the conversation we have about it. Mm-hmm. That's the whole... Where they're surfing them. Because you sent a lot of them out to New Jersey, right? Um, I'll shape a bunch out there. I you don't mail too many out you there. You shape a bunch out but, there. But, um, yeah, and that, that, I think, is more of a... Yeah, I mean, it's it's a function of there's, I mean nobody, nobody from outside of the East Coast is really concentrated on the East Coast community mm. at all. Mm-mm. I love it over there. I have so much fun hanging out with that crew. It's, mm-hmm. it's like so I I do different variations and what I'll suggest size wise more than more than anything else for anyone on the East Coast is really different for what I'll suggest size wise here. Bigger or smaller. Smaller, yeah, because it's punchier, yeah, to fit in the pocket better. Mm-hmm. Um, I've snapped, snapped a couple over there, just like okay, smaller, smaller, smaller. Mm-hmm. And you, I mean, you have a more compact arena, you have more compact wave, you have more compact takeoff spot when it's yeah, it's falling out. So I just pull the whole thing in, mm-hmm. um, and you know, it just becomes one of those things in the back pocket that like. I won't shape someone of evils the same for Rincon as I would for a beach break in New Jersey. You'd be, no, it's a different way. You'd be robbing someone of their money if you were doing that. Yeah. Well, I think that's the other thing, too, when it comes to, like, you know, boards, again, with shapers, is that you can't, like, you can't expect your board that you surf at, like, 
uh, like a Topanga or a Rincon or something like that to function the same way in like on the North Shore. Like no. it doesn't work. Mm-hmm. I learned that mistake really badly a couple of times taking yeah. certain ports there. I'm like, oh, this works great out here. Like I'll take it to like to fucking like Sunset. And I'm like, this is the fucking worst thing I ever did yeah. in my life. Whoops. Whoops. Yeah, I just had that same lesson last summer. I mean, you, you can learn it so many times over. It's just, it's mind-blowing. I spent two and a half, almost three months um, in Hawaii surfing. Then I had a boat trip to Indo right off the end of that mm-hmm. trip. And that was my honeymoon in Hawaii, so it's not like I was just fucking off in Hawaii for yeah. a couple months. It was, it was a good time. <laughs> um, everyone's like, oh, this guy never works. <laughs> that was the most time I've had to myself ever. Uh, like since high school. Um, but I went straight to the Mentawais from Hawaii and I had my quiver like quote dialed. I was like, I had exactly what I wanted to serve. Yeah. I was like, shit, I'm all sorted. I hated the boards that I made in Hawaii and the Mentawais. I was like, this is so fucking wrong. Like these boards just don't do it. And I just didn't surf them. Um, I surfed them the first couple of days, tried and just gave up. I was like, okay. And I just rode my mid length the whole time. Like, what am I gonna um, do? What you gonna do? Yeah. Um, how do you learn? If you don't go to those places, it's really hard to shape a board for those places. No, no, and it makes sense. I mean, I have that thing. We have our yearly trip that we do out to Hawaii, and, like, I think I finally uh, I figured it out. I left my la- yeah. last board there, like, a, a three-fin bonser that eh, works good enough. But, like, a couple of years ago, like, I brought uh, – what did I bring? I brought a 80 V bottom. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, this will be fun. <laughs> and I was like, uh, no. <laughs> this is just the worst idea. Maybe it was actually – it was it, it worked I I have to say I got to surf like <laughs> seven foot like camis on it and <laughs> didn't die too bad caught a couple of really fun waves it was really nail biting but drown. yeah but with that's a flex good. spin it was like a little scary like I was that's like oh, this, but I learned my lesson like then that's like you know what and it's funny like a friend of mine was just like he's like why don't you just get someone to shape you a board here and I'm yeah. like no no yeah. I'm gonna get something from back home I'm gonna surf it like four months before I come out here I'm gonna have it yeah. dialed and then I came there and it was like it is a totally different beast like yeah. even that Bonzer I have it's like one of Malcolm's it's like mm-hmm. I I the only reason I think I left it there this time is because I promised my wife that I would not bring another board home because I've been telling her <laughs> for three years that I'm going to leave the board that I'm bringing and she's yeah. like, she's like, if you Never wrap leave. this thing up and it's going on the flight for 150 bucks one way, I'm going to kill you. There's, and I was like, all right. That's a good board to leave there. That's, yeah. That's yeah, it worked pretty good. I mean, it's a little, I thought it was going to be faster. <laughs> it felt a little slow for me. I don't Interesting. know. Like on smaller, like it was really good on anything that was like head high. But like anytime we had anything that was we had we were there at a time when it would like dro- the swell you'd be out there and it dropped like two yeah. feet and yeah, yeah. it was like one of those times sounds about right yeah and it was like <laughs> one day it worked one day it didn't but I was like you know what? this is a good all round board yeah. um, now you've done like you were saying like the V balls is more of a concept than 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 a specific to me to other I mean that's like in my shaver's brain no but I've it makes seen sense a billion of them so yeah. like. If you know, if you look online, the V-Bowls all looks like one board. Yeah, um, but that's you seeing it online. About an eighth of an inch of difference here and there, yeah. slightly wider nose template that you can't even see in an angle of the photo or whatever. Mm-hmm. A little more rocker, a little less rocker, or whatever. But um, I just like to preface like how minute the details are that I'm talking about. Um, but they make a big difference. I think when you're yeah, writing it, for I mean, sure. it's huge. Absolutely. Like you know, totally. you're saying like <clears throat> where you're writing them. You also made that the one board that a lot of people like kind of signal out is that rapid split thing. Yeah. How, how did that come out? 
Like, um, where, where did that idea come from? Dan Malloy was well, that was his original thought. Like his design was was the the basic concept of that thing, and um, it was a broken um, little or a board that you cut the tail out of, or I don't remember exactly what state the board was in when when he brought it over, but. He had shaped, I think, one or two of that same general concept, mm -hmm. but really, really, really out there, like just a long fangy thing on the toe side and a single concave somewhere mm -hmm. in the, the back end of it. And so he brought the board to me and was like, yeah, what do you think? Can you basically help me clean up this slight mess of a project? <laughs> um, and and so we just kind of hacked it out a bit and I glassed it and gave it back to him and it worked. And and I, w I wasn't invested really, I mean, I was in my mid-twenties, I mean, I was just excited that Dan Malloy asked me to touch a surfboard for him, I was like, holy shit, like, uh, I'll do anything. So I was, I was like more enamored with the experience and like, wow, like this is crazy, than like, what's really going on with this design? I was like, I'm just helping a guy with a project, like, you know? Yeah. Um, but when he called and said that it worked, I was like, whoa trip out and so I want to know immediately is it that board in particular that worked is it just a magic board or is it that concept as a whole and so I had a, actually an EPS displacement hole shaped that had been sitting in my shop doing nothing forever and it was just made it one day for I don't remember it was a random project and I was like well that thing's been sitting there forever and the, the rabbit the first rabbit's foot came out of a hole so why don't I just chop this blank down and so I just did the same modifications to it but it was I mean new core different rocker, different rail shape, same general concept, but really different as, as, as far as surfboards go. And that worked even better than the first one. And I was like, okay, there's something to this. Mm -hmm. And that just started off this whole era of experimentation for those things, for me and, and Trevor Gordon mostly. Um, Ari Brown joined on pretty soon after that in terms of we joined on being, we met. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, um, but, uh, yeah, it just became like a really fun question mark to try to fill out. I mean, the, there wasn't an idea of something that we wanted to achieve. We were just trying to figure out like, how does this thing work and what makes it work and how can we make it work better? And what does better mean? Right. Um, cause there's no rule book for finless stuff. There's still very little. So for me, the rabbit's foot's always been an evolving project, mm -hmm. um, that, uh, was just really fun to to try to learn and try to try to wrap my head around and try to refine and make better. Um, I mean, it's, the finless thing is something that's like, it's, it's, it's this very, for me, it seems like this micro niche in a sense of it's like happening in the background. It's like you see like everybody doing their own kind of like version amazing, of man. trying it out. You watch, you, that's the general sentiment because I don't think anyone wants to take it too seriously because it's, just fun mm -hmm. but you watch the look on the face of some seasons pro when they watch Ari Brown mm -hmm. surf finless or watch you know Jordan Roden one of those guys and Derek Hind their jaw hits the floor every fucking time you tell me those guys don't take it seriously yeah like it, it is mind blowing the things that some of these guys are doing on these boards and just in the name of fun I think that's why it captures a lot of us because like wait a minute you just did something way more critical than any of us are ever going to dream to put together. It's your own line because no one ever showed you that you could go there on a wave. Right. Except maybe the old cartoons in Surfer Magazine. Yeah, like yeah. A line of a cartoon hitting a wave somewhere like that. And and you just like redefined what you can do on the face of a wave. 
It's insane. The lines that are drawn on it are just like nuts. It's insane. Yeah, it's nuts. It's really, really cool. And it's it's cool to see a revolution happen in the name of fun and curiosity and enthusiasm. Yeah. And I think that's why so many core surfers have attached to it. Because that's the core of, of the feeling of surfing in the first place. You're doing it for fun. So, like, it's finally something else is here to, like, fuck around with. No one's going to tell you how to do it or how not to do it. Like, that's surfing. Yeah. That's, it's, at least, yeah, I mean, that's what the word means to me. I mean, I think it's the word that, like, most of my audience and, like, why I do what I do it means to us. It's, like, you're not defined by, like, riding one kind of board, one kind of wave, one kind of spot. One, It's, like, you want to have fun. You want to have that initial stoke the first time you caught, like, a green wave and have that oh, felt. God. How cool would that be? Feel yeah. that again. I mean, that's why like that's why surfing is like worse than like heroin, right? Because like totally. like heroin addicts, like they want that first high they have. Like that's what surfing is. Surfing yeah. at the end of the day is every single one of us, every time we go out there, trying to get that exact same feeling and do what yeah and like lose homes over it. Like we're drug addicts. Like, like, like dude, we're no different than drug addicts. You know, it's like we will lose relationships and jobs and homes and all sense of reality to get that feeling again. Totally. But, you know, as I tell my wife, you know, and she tells her, her girlfriends, she's, you know, because they're always like, well, he goes out and surfs like, you know, five, six days a week. And my wife's always like, well, he could have a cocaine and a hooker problem. So it's yeah. not that bad. Yeah. Like, yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, she's like, I get to go to the beach. He yeah. takes me to Hawaii <laughs> for like weeks at a time. Not bad. I'm good with that. And she's like, it's fine. It's a healthy habit. Um, <laughs> now, one thing, you know, that I love about what you do, and I, I mentioned this to you on Instagram, is that you do these, uh, these Insta stories where you're showing you mm. shaping these boards. Oh, yeah, we were talking about that. Which I love. Like, I think it's like, for me, and I'll explain to you why, a couple of reasons why I love it. I love seeing the process, right? I love seeing the process, and you're really great at describing the process online. Like, it's Mm. very educational for me. Like, I don't know if I'll ever shape my own board. Like, maybe I will one day. But for me, as someone who's interested and geeks out on boards, like, I'm like, oh, that's what makes that board do X, Y, and Z, and that's how he achieves that. So I love that. The other thing I like, too is that it's showing you, and you touched upon this, like, you're not shaping the same boards all the time. Like, just today alone, like, you shaped, like, two totally different things that I saw. And I was like, whoa. It's, um... I don't really have any rhyme or reason to what I do on Instagram, like, to put that out there. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't have an agenda. I don't. It's, it's just snowballed into a thing, and that's great. I'll take my blessings where they come. Mm-hmm. Run with them. Whatever you can do with it. Cool. But what I've always wanted to do is just share what I'm doing, because I didn't have an open door. Mm-hmm. to go into by the time I even learned that there is like this master apprentice relationship within shaping I had already stepped on enough toes and, and ruffled enough feathers mm-hmm. that I didn't have a door to walk into mm-hmm. um, there a couple guys for sure helped me out but they're you know good backyard guys Gordon Smith um, here in town my friend Greg Talley who owns White Owl Surfboards and those guys were welcoming to me that's for sure but I didn't have anywhere to to learn anything and so for me I've always wanted to share it because god it took me digging and digging and digging to find the information to get me to be able to start to express what I wanted to in foam and it set me free but man I hope nobody has to do as much as I had to do to get there Mm -hmm. I mean if I can if I can open a door and show somebody like this is how you do this if you're trying to Mm -hmm. that's epic like if I can just help out one dude Mm -hmm. and the amount of stoked comments I get from other shapers and, and people trying to figure it out is, is insane it's like more than encouraging so 
it really just comes down to me if I'm like really captivated by something mm-hmm. that I'm shaping at the moment I'll do that and just share and be like this is happening this is this this is that this is how I get to that and this mm-hmm. is why and it really is a momentary thing because 40 minutes later I won't even remember that I put it up no, I mean it's amazing. Like they're like like, I I would hope that someone or if you have them saved somewhere <laughs> that you I don't. Oh my god, that's like Nothing. such a shame. Well, I do it. That's the thing is like I do it every single day. So yeah. like to me, it's like oh here's a blip of my day, but somebody's life it just changed. Yeah. Like I forgot what it takes for me. I forgot awesome. what it was. You were showing this one thing where you were yeah. drawing this like concave <laughs> thing, like you drew it over the picture and stuff, and I was yeah. like. It's like, dude, this is like fucking going to school. Like, this is all, like I re- I watched that thing over and over. Yeah. I was like, this is no one shows me this shit. No, like that one, that one in particular, I actually had like reasoning behind posting that one because everybody asks me what a triplane bottom is. And yeah, like what is it? Because it's like this cool term and it's kind of undefined, like mm-hmm. kind of like spiral V too. Like a lot of people have a different version of what spiral V is yeah. to them, and triplane has kind of become the same thing. Um, but so I just put up a you know, a few slide things and said, like, this is how I shape a triplane. Mm-hmm. Um, and then my planer broke right when I finished. I was about to start doing the concaves between yeah, the yeah. triplane. And my the, the shoe <laughs> yeah, fell, yeah. my dust snapped. I was like, what the fuck? Like, okay. And so I started thinking, I was like, well, just in case anyone's curious, like, if you were to then, from a step that I was at with the triplane, concave that plane, mm-hmm. ta-da, you have an edge bottom. Yeah, and that was the evolution with with design too. Is that triplanes came from connecting? God, it's gonna be so hard to explain. I try all the time, but from connecting the rail line, like the high points of the rail, the, the apexes of the rail mm-hmm. curve, and the stringer line in a big arc. Right. If you have a board cut into slices, uh-huh. you have your stringer line at the bottom. Yeah, and then it arcs and rolls up to the apex of the rails. Uh huh. To get a feeling of sitting in the water and being connected, you want to have those rails high like that. Right. So you want to have 50-50 or higher rails, mm-hmm. roughly. So how do you then get that same feeling but with planing off of the wave instead of sucking into it? Because the round curve sucks you into yeah, the face you're of the wave. It, yeah. So how do you get that same feeling and that connectivity with a planing hull instead of a displacement hull? So you take those same points and you connect them with flat edges. Right, uh-huh. so a triplane then is connecting those two rail points, going boom straight down at say forty-five or whatever mm-hmm. kind of angle you're thinking, and then boom straight across the bottom. So you preserve those dots and where they are in relation to each other, uh-huh. but you're connecting them with flat edges that plane up off the face of the water instead of with round ones. Got it. So within that whole concept, you can then concave those flat planes, mm-hmm. and you have an edge bottom still has the high rails with the low center point. Yeah. But you're connecting it with concaves, mm-hmm. and like it almost looks like a Batman symbol by the end yeah. of it, you know. Or you can connect it with any different varying degree. You can go flat through the center plane and then roll up to the rails after that, so you have like a rolled track plane. Mm-hmm. So you can basically play with those planes and however many of them you want, a million different ways. I mean, I mean, even a you know what Tomo's doing with sixteen concaves inside of fourteen other ones. Yeah, is the same thing. You're just connecting your a rail line rocker mm-hmm. with your center line rocker. There's mm-hmm. a bunch of different ways to do that. Yeah. Um, and when you really start thinking about surfboard design in that way, you can go really far down the rabbit hole. 
Yeah, I mean, I'm picturing it in my head. It's like and for up and down the board. It's <clears throat> it's radical. Yeah, those it's three really dots. Radical. Like to connect to connect those pieces up and down the length of an entire surfboard, um, and where they change, where they peak, where they vary, how they relate to each mm -hmm. other. You're telling me a surfboard design is stagnant or tiring or it's all been done? Ooh, bullshit. Yeah. There's so many different three dimensional curves to make that space. I remember I was looking at something that like. <laughs> Like it's getting, it's it's making me think. Like I saw something that Hank Bizak had, and he had this like grid for every board that he had designed. He had this grid where it was basically measured out every six inches, mm -hmm. and he had, he had these measurements, like kind of like so. It's like you could almost like type those into a computer, and it would probably mm -hmm. come close to it. So now, like like I'm thinking about this. Like you have these two points on the edges, and this one in the middle, and then like going up and down the like three-dimensionally like those numbers like everyone's like oh yeah nose and tail numbers don't even hardly matter and they say like oh volume numbers hardly matter just because it's all about how you connect those dots mm -hmm. so even like having a spreadsheet of a bunch of different numbers is good for a shaper to understand his own work yeah but to another shaper those numbers are going to be almost gibberish no, it's like giving it's like giving someone like a, a partial recipe, like giving ten yeah. different cooks a partial recipe totally. and being like, I'm not telling you the temperature, yeah. I'm not telling you the time, I'm telling <laughs> yeah. you the ingredients and the yeah. order they go together. And you're like, totally. all right, that's roughly where you can get you know, pretty close. Yeah, but it's always going to come out as long as it's done by hand. It's always going to come out to that particular shaper's mm -hmm. taste and that's... what they know and stuff. Yeah, <laughs> which is interesting. Isn't that what they do um, on those? That board right border show or the fuck it is that thing border they, show yeah isn't that what they do um, I mean that's that's a really like good didn't they copy line. one of your boards mm -hmm. one time or? no I I won one of the things you won one um, of the things um, but um, which one did you win uh, it was the Jerry Lopez one okay we um, shaped a pipeliner um, which I would shape any day if someone gave me a blank oh man they're so fun. Uh, is that something that they gave you the board and they were like so the the challenge and the the rough outline of the contest is you don't know what board it is before that day oh everyone does the same board um so you show up you have 90 minutes to you also can't touch the board until it's your turn to shape so you have 90 minutes to grab the board feel it up however you like to take in the curves within your muscle memory and mm -hmm. your senses measure it 16 ways from sunday however you want to do it and shape it so you have 90 minutes to do that whole process in front of thousands of people. Yeah, not or whoever's watching. Yeah, yeah. And whoever wants to heckle you through the window. Yeah. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> um, and so, like, it's a hell of a... You, you cannot, like... You, you can go in there as prepared as you can. Even, I mean, even if you can, like, figure out... Because it's not that hard to figure out what you're going to shape mm -hmm. beforehand. It's, you know, a yeah. particular guy, and it's probably going to be his most exemplary work. Mm -hmm. Okay. You can pretty much choose out of any shaper that, that is yeah. being honored. Um, but to be put in that space, in that challenge, uh, there's no there's no way to fake that. Like, it's insane. It was, but I was like, throwing up outside, like dry heaving, for sure, after, afterwards. Oh, man. <laughs> like, the next day, still. Oh. Like, I was just tripping. Um, and to me, it was that was a reflection for me of how much it meant to me because I knew it was a chance to prove myself to a lot of people that had been judging me and putting me down for a long time. There's just a handful of guys that I really, really wanted to show. Mm -hmm. You can stop talking now. We're done. And uh, <laughs> of course, it's never done. Like, yeah, that's for sure. No, but, but that's a, and it was really. I mean, when I really, really think back, it was more for my mom and my dad. 
than anything else. Because mm-hmm. uh, I, I got, my mom was there and she got to see. Oh, that's and right. And that was really cool. My stepdad was there and he got to see. And and my now wife was there and she was there and her dad was there. And I remember calling my dad on the phone afterwards. And I was like, Dad, I won. And he was like, of course. Like, <laughs> how the rest of it go? And I was good, like, what? Good you dad. even like. Dude, ah. that's the greatest dad. He knew it. <laughs> God damn it, he, he knew his boy was going to do it. And it's like. Of that, course. That's, a, that's awesome. That was terrific. <laughs> But it was really, you know, there, you know, for as much as you want to prove to mm-hmm. a critical, you know, community or whoever is yeah. looking at you, it was also a really big opportunity for me to, as a young person, I think I'm still the youngest person to win it. Um, it was a really big opportunity for me, and I, I knew when they invited me to it that it was a big fucking deal. How long was, was it? Like, was a couple of years ago. ago. This was probably three years ago now. Three years ago, yeah. No, I just think it's like a crazy <laughs> challenge, and like it's to, mental. Absolutely yeah, mental. Like most shapers, to, like won't even go. Yeah. Like that's the thing. I, Dude, it could prove like. Don't just say no thanks. I won't. But to me, it was like the ultimate test because the boardroom show when it was a sacred craft started right about the same time I started shaping. Mm-hmm. So for me, it was like the big show. Mm-hmm. And to me, that contest is the core of the entire boardroom show. Yeah. Like, as a shaper, that's the fucking thing. Mm-hmm. So I have been in awe of that contest since I started shaping. So mm-hmm. to finally be invited to it and given a chance was like fucking do or die man like yeah and you did it's like, <laughs> um, um really really cool opportunity oh and it's a great board to shape like a fucking oh, fuck. lopez pipeline oh, like that's it yeah. yeah if you're gonna connect some dots like you don't even like going back to how we got to this part of our conversation here like you don't even have to have numbers yeah to nail one of those like it's all just flawlessly flowing curves yeah like if you can if you can see in your mind's eye hopefully what Jerry's seeing as long as you can then translate that into your hands uh-huh. you don't particularly need measurements every six inches yeah you can just flow it the same way and it's going to come together because the template is so fucking good yeah and the rockers actually the rocker is really funny but um to me but you, you just have to connect the dots um oh it's pretty awesome I I, I love I love <laughs> seeing people like like shape stuff like that like in terms of like what I would almost call these like legacy shapes, right? Like yeah. you know, Dick Brewer or something yeah. like that. Like it's, well, it's, it's, when you're connecting planar passes from the tip of the stringer on either end of the board, the nose mm-hmm. to tail, every single pass goes the entirety of the board. Mm-hmm. You know, you're shaping something clean and sleek. Yeah, like that's you know, it's no different for those, and it's it's the same with the V bowls. It's the same with a lot of my favorite boards. It's you're just connecting the nose and tail. And everything should just flow from one to the other. Go into um, that, that space. You can go into, yeah, you can go full Zen mode and just walk. Um, what's the deal with uh, trim craft? That I never heard of it. <laughs> <laughs> what do you mean? Uh, so trim craft to me, like my, when I started to get really busy years, years ago, I started to have to define for myself, start to have to define what makes this important to me. What what do my core customers and the people that care about what I'm doing have cared enough to get me to this point? What do they care about? Um, and to me, that's hand shaping. Like that's the core of all of it is that it's done by hand. Um, so that's for a long time and it's what's most important to me, go figure. Um, so when I started to realize I have way too much business, way too much potential to create more business, way too, I mean just, an overpouring of support that I can't even keep up with mm-hmm. to the point where I have to raise my prices to somewhere where I can't even afford mm-hmm. as the 
human side of me that comes from not surfing that's just from the outside so it's like oh geez i don't know like that's yeah that's that's a struggle for me i'm not saying oh fuck yeah i get to raise my prices or any of mm-hmm. that and it's terrifying to you but i started to say okay what do i do with this what do, what do i what do i do with these opportunities with these relationships i've made all over the world with these relationships i have with surf shops that i can't even make on boards on time or more than six boards a year mm-hmm. how do i parlay that into something more productive than me how do i go outside of my thing and just try to create something better and i thought wow i wish i had the opportunity to be supported by a company when i was learning when i was really struggling to get by to just handshake like wh- there's not a single surf company out there outside of trimcraft now that really harps on their employees handshaping or that supports handshaping as a way of life for the shaper and supports that as a viable product for surfers to buy so for me it was like oh what if we just make basically a shop brand that's legitimately 100% handshaped because my other kind of hurdle with with the surf industry and the way it is is that nobody knows if something is or is not handshaped at this point and my God, unless you saw somebody shape your surfboard right now, mm-hmm. I will tell anyone you ought to assume that was done on a machine. Mm-hmm. No matter how many photos you've seen of that young guy standing in Surfer Magazine with a planer, yeah. that thing was probably cranked off a machine unless you know 100,000% it was done by hand. Right. It's just not safe to assume anymore. Yeah. Um, to me, that's important. Not to everyone. That's fine. Like That's mm-hmm. totally cool. But um, I wanted to have a brand for... for people that care <laughs> right and, and that's that's I mean like attracts like right mm-hmm. like if you put out what you like mm-hmm. people that like what you do will come to you mm-hmm. they will find you somehow yeah and it might take time but they will come and they will show up so to me it was like obvious that more than enough people wanted handmade surfboards that's yeah. what our whole industry is built that's the romantic ideal of our industry mm-hmm. is handmade surfboards yeah. and no one's willing to put it out there and support it and actually produce that mm-hmm. what the hell yeah so I said, fuck it, let's try. Like, let's go. And so I, I have a bunch of models that I like to make but don't concentrate on anymore because they're just kind of from my repertoire back in the day and ones that I developed with friends of mine. And there's so many young shapers that want to make surfboards by hand mm-hmm. but are either relatively new to it but have an abundance of natural ability mm-hmm. or can make surfboards like nobody's business and have made thousands and just don't want to do the business side of it. Mm-hmm. Or that you know, for it fits a lot of different people's approaches and their what they want to do and how they want to, you know, go about their shaping. But so for me, Trimcraft is basically like a vessel for shapers to to ply their craft, and then an honest representation for consumers of if you care about handmade products, you can legitimately get them here, mm-hmm. and right now only here. Right. Um, there are other brands that are high, like hand shaped for sure, but not. I actually don't know about brands per se. There are like small, one small one off shapers. One off shapers, plenty of them, yeah. and they're definitely smaller time guys. Like the guys, your local dudes that you know have made a couple hundred boards. They're probably still hand shaping most of them, but on a grand scale of anyone that's like particularly popular or like well known, mm-hmm. you're yeah right. Yeah, the machine's doing it. No, no. It's, and it's funny because there are a number of, of guys that have stuck to it for a long time. Mm-hmm. Um, and they're the guys that you would think switched to the machine years ago and they just never did. Mm-hmm. Um, 
but they go totally unknown. Um, not unknown, but just that fact goes unknown. Um, I was I was surprised by some. I'm not going to name the brands. But I was surprised by some of the brands that years ago I thought were still being handshaped, and then like walking into the factory and being like, "Oh no, you guys are no." I was no, I was like, surprised, like as a consumer, like you're saying, like I had no I, idea. Dude, I have watched people because this is a conversation I have all the time in here because people come to my shop knowing that it's hand done, that it's yeah. hand shaped. I've watched grown men cry. Because I told them that X, Y, or Z does the majority of their stuff on the machine. Yeah. There are guys that come in here so proud of their quiver of hand-shaped surfboards because they come in and say, hey, yes, I'm a you know buyer of hand-shaped surfboards. I love to support the guys that do it. These are my boards. They're like, fuck, man. Like, I and I can't let you walk without telling you. Like, I'm going to tell you the truth because yeah. yeah. you just spent $1,500 or $1,200 on that and you should know. And I'll, dude, I've watched grown men cry. If, if you try and tell me, which the guys that we're not naming yeah. do tell me, nobody cares. It's 2019, get over it. It's the way of the, the modern world, nobody mm-hmm. cares. Bullshit, dude. Yeah. I've watched 50-year-old men cry. <laughs> no, no, like you made yeah. an investment and it's something that you believe in. It's like you don't want to, you don't want to know that shit and it's like it's horrible. You can't as a blanket statement say nobody cares because you I mean you, you could try and say it as a blanket statement nobody wants to get the back of their head stepped on and told to eat dog food yeah and while their neck is being pulled by a leash oh no people do that shit yeah like no you can't tell me nobody cares like everybody does everything everyone cares about something yeah like you, you can't just say like oh consumers these days don't care if their stuff is handmade I think more than any time in a long time they care more now because we know how prevalent mass made shit is mm-hmm. now our generation wants something different mm-hmm. you know how many kids like I I had a good friend of mine working for me when he was 16 and I was like 22 and I was faced by a, a business partner of mine at the time it's a really terrible situation but I, he was trying to get me to machine shape everything and this was a brand that I was doing a long time ago um, and haven't done for a long time and he was like you need to make it all in the machine I was like dude you obviously don't understand what we're doing here like mm-hmm. what the fuck is your problem and uh, and I was basically sitting in the middle of my buddy saying no this is what we're doing we're doing it all by hand and my other buddy saying no money matters you gotta do it on the machine and I remember my friend literally crying telling me don't do this don't do this don't do it on the machine and that's where I that's where my heart was at too mm-hmm. and so we, we didn't I think I appeased him and did like 12 boards on the machine I, it was like I'll do they were the only machine shape boards I ever did um, under my name and and I was just like they're so soulless they felt so wrong and it, that was just me that was to me I'm not saying they're soulless for the world I'm not saying they're they're of no value but to me and what I was putting my name on it was not what I wanted to put out there if I'm putting my name on something it is not that yeah and it's so it's I mean I get pegged to somebody that judges people that don't handshape all the time because that's an easy way to do it I think the machine is a phenomenal tool technology is fucking bitching like look there's technology all over there's two laptops in this desk yeah there's a microphone that's somehow recording our voice there's technology everywhere yeah it's bitching talk about why it's bitching talk about why or how it allows you more freedom to go R&D boards and come up with something cooler. Mm-hmm. That's what everyone's excuse is. Sing it, man. Talk about what makes your product mm-hmm. great. Talk, talk about 
why you hope people should support you don't don't just hide the reality of how your stuff is done because man it, I mean it's not like you'd see like Toyota motors out there saying like oh yeah Ernest is still hand welding all of our frames <laughs> and there's a big fucking giant robot right? yeah, no yeah. their commercials have robots welding their frames <laughs> we own up to it <laughs> we buy the things because they're done that yeah, way because yeah. they're safer because they're more reliable mm-hmm. because they're more accurate every time and you know you're getting a good product yeah sing the praises of what makes your stuff good like talk about why the machine makes your stuff great you don't have to hide it like just get over your ego and fucking there's some people more and more there are slowly some people popping out of the woodwork or being like hey I use XY technology in our boards and it's like this is what their thing is about and and I think we're in a beautiful place too you know going back to what we were talking about in the beginning you get what you want out of it right and there's someone who wants that like totally they get a specific board that every single time they want it to be exactly 100% the same and they're and that's their thing like it's it's you know I don't think there's anything wrong with it but to your point like don't try to hide it. I do. It's annoying to me when I heard when I walked into a couple of factories and saw this. Mm-hmm. I was kind of like, "Whoa!" Like I had no idea, and if I saw a blank being like CNC'd in front of me, and I was like, "You've yeah. got to be fucking shitting me." Well, dude. If, so for that's like that's the luxury that we have being in California. You can walk into a shop and have your dreams shattered at least. That mm-hmm. you have that honesty <laughs> in front of you. Yeah. The vast majority of the surf marketplace for like alternative and niche surfboards is outside of California yeah it's Europeans it's Japanese people it's Australia it's everywhere they don't get to see that they don't know mm-hmm. so for a, a surfer to say no one cares everyone knows it's on a machine anyways I don't need to talk about mm-hmm. that that's bullshit open your eyes dude like especially if someone like you're talking about like a Japanese market where they sent you a shit ton of money and they're waiting for a board for six months and it's like <clears throat> That's the big one, man. The Japanese people, their market, I think they get kind of crapped on a lot. This is my personal opinion. Like, this is, this is, I'm probably out here on my own on this one. But, I mean, if if you ask where the slippery slope starts for a lot of people on the machine, it's when some shop is asking you for 20 of the same board. Most guys are going to cave and say, I'll just pop those on the machine and still handshake my custom orders. And all those boards are just, they're going to Japan they're going to big surf shops all around the world mm-hmm. so the custom guys in the US and the custom guys somewhere else are probably getting a handshake still but the guy that went into a shop and paid full price why isn't he getting probably it? just got a machine one and that's okay That that's fine but if they know about it it's okay but just just clarify yeah like just, if- and, it's, and it's details it's like minutia when it comes to advertising or whatever you're doing in marketing but we have an abundance of ways to get information out there now and people are hungry for the information yeah like you gotta put it out there to me that's me that's just my opinion no no I think I think that's legit (laughs) um I have two last questions I'll ask the first one is you you know you spoke about how you kind of came into this like on your own like you know very much like no one guiding you that kind of thing if you had any advice for someone who wants to like build their own boards for themselves what would be the first piece of advice you'd give them do it that's just do it <laughs> that just go like yeah. just try it there, there, I mean that's for me that's the way I learn best mm-hmm. is just by going and doing I do know a lot of people learn best by spending a lot of time observing first mm-hmm. whatever whatever that path is for you however you like to learn because mm-hmm. we all learn differently embark on that now 
like now's the time. Mm-hmm. It's never been this accessible. It's never been this open. There's, I mean, there's places like Shaper Studios that you can literally go mm-hmm. rent the shop space to make your surfboard. And they have pretty cool. ones all over the country and all over, and I think maybe even in different countries now. Like, it's it's out there, and you can for sure be met with resistance every now and then. Like, some shaper's not going to want to let you in. Mm-hmm. That's okay. Try another one. Um, it's just just go now. There's, just I mean, do it. You can literally walk into a store like Fiberglass Hawaii in Ventura and buy one of 400 blanks that are sitting there. Mm-hmm. You can buy all the glass or pick up a business card for a guy that glasses that could use the business. Mm-hmm. There's small local businesses, local glass shops, local places that need work and want work. Go shape a board and give them work. I mean, mm-hmm. that's, I mean, it's not like shaping your own board isn't supporting the surf community if mm-hmm. that's part of your equation. Like, no, and actually, I mean to your point, like if you're if you're putting money into the glasser's hands, and if you're buying the blanks from the local shop, you're actually it's better than you. It's almost if if you're willing and you're that curious and hungry and want to learn the craft, at least for yourself, totally. it's if you're supporting it almost better than like buying a board from someone. You know, like you're gonna you're gonna have a really thorough education if that's the way you do it. Yeah, and that's the way I wouldn't that I wouldn't trade how I learned for anything because I had to learn every square inch of every different skill myself alone. And that's, I mean, I got to learn everything. Like, now I know if I'm asking a glass shop for a particular color or a particular, like, thing, I know what I'm asking them. Mm-hmm. And I know what's too much. Yeah, yeah. And you're like, ah. Uh, <laughs> and I know when to thank you. And I know when I'm pushing the can't. They can't pull, like, that, like, like how car salesmen would be like, oh, this is extra because of rust proofing. It's like, yeah. you can't pull the rust proofing on me. Uh, <laughs> like, I know what the fuck yeah. is going into this shit. It, it's, it's great <laughs> to know the ins and outs. If you're, I mean, fuck, if you're shaping your own board because you want to shape your own board to get closer to your craft, what better way than to also glass your own board and learn yeah. everything you can about it? For sure, it's not going to be as good as one that you can go buy. I mean, but you, you learned it, you know what I went into. Boards, you get pretty damn close. Yeah. Well, not. I mean, you take you a lot more boards than that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you get close. You get close. You'll get on the. You'll get somewhere. You'll get on your way. You're on the way. Last question: um, Out of all the places you've surfed in the world, uh, what's your favorite break and why? Rincon, because it's sick. <laughs> um, I don't know, man. I've. I'd have to say my favorite wave as a physical wave is still Rincon. Uh-huh. Um, that also, I think you ask most people where they surf, you know, if, if they have a wave that they're passionate about and they surf it all the time, it's going to be that wave. Like, there are better yeah, yeah. waves that I've surfed uh-huh. and more, like, shockingly gorgeous lineups that I've sat in, for uh-huh. sure. But as far as, like, the way the wave moves and the way the water moves, mm-hmm. Rincon to me is, like, Tops, tops, tops. Well, there's a reason she's the queen of the coast, right? It's I tell myself that all the time when it's bumpy. I'm like, oh, yeah. I mean, we sit here and wait through four-month flat spells every year. Plus, like, four months is generous on the short side. And then the second that it turns on, we're like, oh, yeah. Yeah. Duh. Forget about all that. This is why we're here. Yeah. Um, I mean, to go out and get a wave there, that's a whole other thing. Yeah. I've only surfed there a couple (laughs) times being up here, and it was a little hectic. I'm trying to... It looked like, I mean, it didn't look like that great. Obviously, it's really gross out there right now, but I'm hoping <laughs> on my way back to, like, at least have an excuse for why I brought my board with me. Yeah, um, it's a, I wish that was a, um, I wish I could give you comfort in that, but I know people that have <laughs> flown from all the way across the world and stayed for weeks at a time and not gotten to surf it more than a high oh. for one day. I mean, and in the peak season, too. Yeah. 
I mean, it's a crapshoot. So yeah, no, I, I know that. I, I'm bummed. It was, wasn't it pretty good, like, <coughs> maybe, was it a month and a half? Like about a month ago now. Yeah, yeah. And, and really, it's been a good stretch. Yeah, year. everybody was coming up, and, and I remember my friend Chris Hollis, like, he's like, do you want to get in the van with us? And I was like, ah, oh, fuck, I got to take my kid to school. Like, <laughs> And now it's like, he's like, you should have came. Like, he showed me pictures. I'm like, fuck you. Yeah. Um, anyway, um, thanks for sitting down and spending yeah. time with us. Happy to. Awesome. Thanks to Ryan for sitting down again and welcoming us into his studio. I actually had a great time in his shop because I got to check out one of the boards I've always wanted to touch in person, which is this Greeno edge board. I'm just fascinated by edge boards. And he showed me a bunch of other stuff that was amazing to see, a lot of historical stuff. I honestly wish I had a video camera so I could just like make a little short clip. One day I think I wanna go back to Ryan's shop and just basically make like a little film about the random boards that he has and what they mean in terms of shaping history. But anyway, Ryan, thanks for sitting down with us. I also wanna talk a little bit about handcraft and how important that is and what that means. I think it's very easy nowadays for us to say something's made in the US or something's made in California or something's made in Brooklyn. But what does that exactly mean? You know, is it made in those geographic locations and just all machine made or is it actually made by hand? There's a big difference, I think. And it's the same way as you take guitars, you know. Yes, technically, if I take a Fender jazz bass that was made in Mexico, made in Japan, or made in the Fender custom shop in California, they're technically the same thing, right? They're technically the same pieces, they've been milled out the same way, they're made from the same materials, etc. But I think the difference is when you get an experienced craftsperson who understands the nuances of the build and production process of anything, they can spot little things and adjust on the fly versus if something's machine made, it's pretty much just you know copying the same thing. I think that applies to surfboards a lot because you can look at how, yes, a machine cut blank will basically be the same every single time. But as I've spoken to a lot of people, there's a lot of different variations within that and nuances that a machine cannot on the fly make up for. You know, sometimes they scale up boards and the thickness and the rail curves and all that just don't line up. So I'm a big advocate of having someone in there who's experienced who's hands-on, who has an eye, who can feel a rail, who could understand it, who could bounce a blank and know what it's supposed to turn into as a surfboard versus just something that's popped out. So hope you got that from there. I hope you guys enjoyed it. But without further ado, let's get back into some of this 2000 era hip hop. And then we'll be back with Devin Howard and what he has to say about the WSL longboard tour for 2019. Peace. The Knicks lose games, oh yeah I don't have time for the fake, my dear Everybody got a dream, I'ma make mine clear Yes, Lord, see I came to deliver all the change In the middle of the anguish and bitterness exchange In the riddles of the language A little man with big bang shit stinks Every verse fire, I ain't never had a mistake, no I was so mad, now I feel so pure I'ma need a couple of Coronas for my couple of Personas Each one gonna need around for my Lord This just one of them feelings 
I don't need a mag, I'm the source of the vibe I don't need a dab, I record to get high Come take a little drag of these portraits of mine Thought I could've lost me, almost got me on my heels All my people by me said they got me, keep it real I'm like, whoa They got me in the feels, I'm like, whoa This shit got me in the feels So pass the cup, we gon' celebrate We don't ask for much, we don't dwell in hate We got so much soul, we won't sell to make I got so much hope, I won't never wait I'm like, whoa Shit that you lost and it's that feeling that you get when you forget just what your stop is You so lost up in the music that you can't conceal your posture Everybody looking at you, someone get that boy a doctor, lord But see I've been searching for a couple of years I done rode this train with a couple of fears But now I'm finally starting to get comfortable here If I had a boombox it'd be bumping in here Said oh my god, can a young man feel free? America Take your hands off me, see All I see is technology Filled with sex, money, greed, and the fame You and I, they divide, but we bleed just the same They tell me to hate you and then we feel the pain Not them, not today Cause the vibe too strong, gon' rock today Been deprived too long, hypocrisy Can't survive my storm, we gon' ride this train We gon' find new songs, I swear Thought I could've lost me, almost got me on my heels All my people by me said they got me, keep it real I'm like, whoa They got me in the feels, I'm like, whoa Shit got me in the feels So pass the cup, we gon' celebrate We don't ask for much, we don't dwell in hate We got so much soul, we won't sell to make I got so much hope, I won't ever wait I'm like, whoa It got me in the feels I'm like, whoa This shit got me in the feels Dressing fly, catching the fellas' eyes. Fellas at the car wash, shining up they rocks. See, it's Friday night, just got paid. Cash with them fresh fades. Ladies going out, sporting girls a race. You the right age, you hitting them clubs. Shaking your ass away, the fellas love. Giving out pounds, receiving hugs. For them fake thugs, trying to meet mug. They imposters, claiming they a player, but not on the roster. Sipping Long Island, see this honey smiling. A few minutes later, shit, you're both vibing. Now, some say they got a man, some want a one night stand. Tell them that you're mad, and they'll say that they your biggest fan, 100 degrees or below zero freezing. The party never stops, no matter what the season. Middle Easterns, Europeans, fly Koreans, ladies of all races to the eyes, they be pleasing. It's the weekend, fellas be seeking, honey's for a reason to freak them. Yo, later that evening, now some will have the lick playing tricks up on the eyes, waking up to a chick, ugly enough to make them cry. But it's the weekend, no work, time to play. Friday night, all the way to Sunday. Go Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Come on, it's the weekend, no work, time to play. Friday night, all the way to Sunday. It goes Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. Thank God it's Friday. My day to just sit back, relax. Now that the week's up, grab a little something to sip on and put my feet up. I call up the crew and see what's on the menu. Who's having a party and what's the hottest venue? I can't even begin to tell you how ready I am to party. So hit me off with a Michelob and a lot Bacardi. I'm heading down to the Target Center to watch the Wolves knock off another playoff contender. KG and the crew, Terrell Brandon and Bobby Jackson, Joe Smith and Wally Zerbiak too. And while I'm in the area, I bounce to the quest. To see if we on the guest list. Yeah, that's Mad Sun and Big Jess. Dog, we infamous. The UP 
Japanese ain't VIP unless it's at an unstoppable show in Northeast. It's all for the love, that's how we do this here. So don't hate, we'll be sure to turn your booze to cheers. Cause it's the weekend, no work, time to sleep in. Kick it with my peeps, play ball, make some beats, and I'm down to do whatever. Long as it's positive, the profits don't mind if your girl wants to go topless here. Yeah, it's the weekend, no work, time to play. Friday night, all the way to Sunday. Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Come on, it's the weekend, no work, time to play. Friday night, all the way to Sunday. It goes Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. Thank God it's Friday. Ladies, go in your closet, break out your bikinis Fly senoritas, sipping margaritas and martinis Cats with ball caps, bees and tank tops And everyone anticipating for our album to drop Yo, it's hip-hop, you know you all be loving it Big Jess Melodies, you know you all be humming it With your peoples, barbecuing in the back Some be killing kegs, others be chilling with 12 packs Mini apps where we dwell at St. Paul's in this piece too In all other cities and suburbs, it's nice to meet you Summer of 2000, we gon' drop it on ya And heads up fill our shit from LA to Tijuana Yo, skip all the drama, party till they call the cops Do you smell what the prophets is cooking? Yo, we rock! It's the weekend, no work, time to play Friday night, all the way to Sunday Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday Come on, yo, it's the weekend, no work, time to play Friday night, all the way to Sunday Goes Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday it's the weekend, no work, time to play Friday night, all the way to Sunday Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday Come on, it's the weekend, no work, time to play Friday night, all the way to Sunday It goes Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday Thank God it's Friday There's a party going on in here, yeah So let me shake my second ass in here, yeah Let me see you throw your hands in the air, yeah it's like you just don't care, yeah There's a party going on in here, yeah So let me shake my second ass in here, yeah Now let me see you throw your hands in the air, yeah Whoop, whoop Clear the area, the beat rule, eat food, cafeteria It's like the jungle outside, mass hysteria Might have to rumble outside, crash the barrier Who the fuck want it? Jump out the black 600 Young gunners thirsty for bodies, hitting up and blunt in front it Running Jules, Killer Mike and L. The only gangster still alive, doing life in jail. No remorse, no regrets, no fucks given. No love lost, respect the dead while you're living. Peep the vehicle, the guard and the physical. Move accordingly, cause hatred be visible. The Kufi Don, Veteran, Collabo, Air Force Ones and Louis on. You run your mouth like a she do. We move in silence. You're next to you, like a G do. Versus, put careers in hearses. More omnipotent when in person. Stuff for love. Lord forgive me for my Lord sins. Me. When I think I'm getting out, they put me back in. I'm just cut from something different. That's what I try to tell them, they don't wanna listen. Stuff for love. Lord forgive me for my sins. When I think I'm getting out, they put me back in. I'm just cut from something different. Never start anything you can't finish. Never met a killer that ain't play his part. I never met a killer that ain't have a heart. We gorillas. Monkey bars, see us in the park. Basic training with the sharks, so the skill is sharp. Hm. Be on point for the get back. Bar work, so built for the kickback. These streets is wicked. Hard to make a summer out. If you ain't with the shits, better take another route. I take a slug before they take my brother out.
blessing and curse. Watch your mouth in my mother's house. My man's uncle got 30. He went in and his son got murdered. The acts of his father is what did him mean. Bitten in the pen, turn boys to men. Revolving doors come out and go in again. 160 degrees. Let the rhythm spin. Stuff for law. Lord forgive me for my sins. When I think I'm getting out, they pull me back in. I'm just cut from something different. That's what I try to tell them, they don't wanna listen. Stuff for law. Lord forgive me for my sins. When I think I'm getting out, they pull me back in. I'm just cut from something different. Never start anything you can't finish. Serve me back, it's easy, but 
difficult as time alone will squeeze me from beanies Your feet when all your actions turn to thinking An inkling, a hint, I'm moving faster than you're blinking So treat me to just a slice of heaven Why you cheat me, deceive me And now I'm hell inside these thoughts that link me To flesh, your soul is bound to I was truly made to be Hold up. 
Welcome back, back to the Bodega Border Crew Podcast, Volume 49. Hope you guys been digging the tracks. I know I have. It was a lot of fun putting these tracks together. I'm really happy that Ryan gave me the inspiration to go down this rabbit hole. You know, sometimes I get caught up in my own way and I listen to the same kind of stuff. So it's nice when I have someone who I've interviewed who wants me to try some stuff that I haven't listened to in a while. So Ryan, thank you for that. But let's do a little housekeeping. This is the Bodega Border Crew Podcast, Volume 49. Make sure to check out our page, bodegabordercrew.podbean.com, as well as the full iTunes description for track listings and links to things that we're talking about. Make sure to check us out on Instagram, at Bodega Border Crew. Make sure to check out our page, bodegabordercrew.com, where you can pick up some merch, check out our blog, and see what we're up to. Right now, I want to get into a little piece I did with Devin Howard. As you guys know, Devin Howard is one of the quintessential and premier longboarders in our world. I think Devin actually has been surfing better in the last year or two, surfing on Thomas Bexon's boards than I've ever seen him surf. He's a great guy. He's a good friend. He did a little piece for our zine, the whole thing, but he's just been named tour director for the longboard tour for WSL, which I think is pretty amazing. Everybody was excited about it, including myself. So I had to meet up with Devin the day after this was announced and see what that means. So here's a little thing. I'm also gonna warn you though, we recorded this outside, so it's a little dicey. There's a bird that's a little annoying, but you know what? You don't come to this podcast for any kind of technical abilities. You come here for the content, and I think the content's pretty good. I'm here with Devin at the WSL offices, and Devin um, has got a new job here. What's the, what's the official title? What are they giving it? What are they calling it? <laughs> hey, Alex. <laughs> um, well, it was going to be longboard commissioner, but okay. they're kind of changing things. They just hired Pat O'Connell, okay, who's going to be starting in a couple weeks, uh-huh. and so they've decided that guys like me. And Mike Parsons, who does Big Wave Tour, yeah, just call them tour directors. Oh, I thought cool. that the word commissioner was just a little too like highfalutin. Yeah, um, it really doesn't matter what the title is. Mm-hmm. The idea of the job is to have an advocate for the sport. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the WSL is, is you know it's growing, and they really really want to make sure that with each of the tours, that they have a voice that. Mm-hmm represents the sport as authentically as possible mm-hmm. um, you know they bring in a lot of really talented people here from different media groups even like people have experience here from that worked at ESPN for a long time right uh, Fox sports so like bringing in you know if you look at the broadcast they do it's pretty sophisticated you know mm-hmm. um, whether you, whether you're into the commentary or not you look at the production for surfing it's pretty it's pretty good. Yeah, it's not. It's not like a ghetto like cam feed. No, you know what I mean. No, like it's no. actually like there's stuff. There's interstitials. Yeah. There's you know yeah. replay that looks good. Multiple camera angles. Sure. And so for longboard, which has been a one-off event for a long, long time. Because it was what? What was the only event they were doing? It was that Taiwan event. The last few years, it's been Taiwan. So if we back up super quickly. Yeah. Um, 
1986, the ASP started doing longboard events. And it was really under sort of the guidance and the enthusiasm of Nat Young. And Nat Young rallied some other guys and, you know, longboarding was in like, that's really when you talk about resurgence or comeback, it really was happening in the mid 80s. Mm -hmm. And so Nat won a couple world, world titles and that's about the time that Joel Tudor met him. You know, this is 86, 7, 8, and Joel's really young. And and that was, we got an annoying bird in the background. That's uh, and so, you know, they had a legitimate tour at that time and what they would do with longboarding is they would, it, would, it was kind of like a little specialty event within the broader event. And that worked for a number of years. Like was it, was it like tied, like they'd have like a trestles event and then they'd have like a longboard event with it? Yeah. Or, or they just like kind of like, yeah. oh, here's a couple of heats. And there weren't a lot of them. And then for whatever reason, I, I don't know exact the exact history of it. Um, I think in the early 90s, it might've been 1992. Please, I'm sure Joel will correct me if I'm wrong here, <laughs> but um, if I remember correctly, it was the Oxbow event and you know they jumped in as a sponsor and did this sort of idea of having one world event like they used to do the world contests like you know the one in 66 and 68 yeah. so it would usually be one big event yeah so it reverted to that and it was that way for a very long time um i think joey hawkins won the first one uh-huh. and i like the bird noise it doesn't bother me all right you can cut it out if you need yeah to. that's fine um and so the there was a lot of criticism of the one world title system. And then in 99, 2000, there was a, a world longboard tour that I participated in, Joel okay. Tudor did. And that was around for a few years. And it, we had some really great venues. You know, we, had, we, we ended up at J-Bay one year. Oh, shit. Yeah, and it was it was sick. And we went to Sakurama, which is a pretty heavy wave. Yeah. A lot of the waves were really geared toward, they were bigger, bigger wave spots. And it really did favor uh, the progressive type of surfing. That was a very popular form. Um, it, it was then, and it was for all the years that followed. Um, and But that tour eventually kind of lost steam. It was tough for the competitors to get there. There wasn't enough m- money or backing to make the prize purses really worth going after. Okay. And then it reverted back to the single uh, One World event. Um, Joel Tudor won two of those events along the way um, but by and large and I think on one of them he was on a two plus one and I think the other one he was actually on a single fin okay. but it was pretty hard to do well um, just because of the criteria so without boring everyone to death there's, yeah. there's the history of like how did we get to the duct tape and how do we get to Deus and how do we get to all these other events even even Relic Yeah. and it was a breakaway you know it was there was no consensus from the surfers. It was it was as divided as Democrats and Republicans. It was li- it's literally the same thing, mm-hmm. you know. Um, and both sides not really seeing eye to eye. So right. what do you do? You know, you break off. And you know, Joel Joel's duct tape was was really just kind of the anti WSL. Well, at the time it was still the ASP. Right. And he's like, you know what? It's fine. We just go off and start our own. And as we know the history of the duct tape. It did really well. Yeah. And, it, and it's been successful. And it's it's an iconic tour. Uh, people love it. And they've developed some real talent and characters. And about that time, I don't know the exact timeline, but not long after that, 
Deus did something similar. Mm -hmm. So the duct tape really became an answer to people that didn't feel that ASP and then eventually the WSL was really going to be a home for their kind of surfing. Mm -hmm. it just it wasn't being rewarded in the judging. At least that's the perception and kind of the results back that up. Mm -hmm. So uh, another one that started after the duct tape was Deus. They yeah. did the nine foot and single and I believe they're still doing it. Um, and I think other little ones popped up. Yeah, Nexi Logfest. Um, uh, single finger, mingle, whatever it is. Yeah, and there's quite a few. And so you have to ask yourself, well, why why is that happening? You know, it's it's there's more of those events than the the, the WSL, which is just one a year. So what's going on? Well, right. There's a demand, you know, and, and in the marketplace, you know, if we're going to get technical, like, you know, when you make something. If you're putting on an event, um, I hate to make it, cheapen it with the word product, but it is. You know, mm -hmm. let's oh, be yeah. honest. If you worked at an event, the duct tape is a product, but it's it's for our entertainment. As yeah. the viewer, why am I going to watch the duct tape? Well, I want to see the best guys yeah. going at it. Um, is it is it a bloodthirsty blood battle like a sport event? Not really. No. No, it's an ex form of expression, and yeah, at the end of the day, there's a winner, and that, that's nice to be able to discern that, but. It's just kind of an experience, you mm -hmm. know, and it, and it has a more artistic participation in it and yeah. less like sport, 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 yeah. you know, and I, I think that's the, that's been the challenge with longboarding is, is plugging into the ASP and the WSL model. I mean, this is, this is a sports uh, organization, yeah. you know, there's no hiding that, you know, it's, right. it's not a lifestyle organization. No. And, and that's okay, you know, and I know a lot of people that are loggers, they love watching the WSL. Like, right. they don't even surf those boards, but they watch it. Yeah. yeah they want to see John John. They want yeah, to see Yeah, I mean, at the, end, at the end of the day, like, like if the WSL is running a contest at, like, a really good wave, and it's good that day. Like, if it's at pipe, and it's really good, of it's course, amazing. you're going to fucking turn it on. You're going to watch it, because to your credit, what you were saying is you're watching the best of the best, right? Sure. You're watching the best people on the best waves, you know, that kind of thing. Yeah. So how could that not be attractive yeah. to a lot of people to watch? And so a couple of years ago, the WSL saw this trend and they recognized that, you know, the type of surfing that we're showcasing, it's not really lining up with what a lot of people want to see. Um, so they made an attempt to change the criteria. So about three years ago, they changed the criteria. And it was quite a departure from what it had been before. And if it's okay with you, I'd, I'd just like to read it really yeah, quickly. Yeah, yeah. Um, so... What you'll find interesting is that in this judging criteria, there's an emphasis on the word traditional, which didn't exist before. Yeah. Um, judging criteria for longboard, the surfer must perform controlled maneuvers in the critical section of the wave, utilizing the entire board and wave using traditional longboard surfing. The surfer who performs this to the highest degree of difficulty with the most style, flow and grace will receive the highest score for the ride. So, so that was three years ago? That was, that was three years ago. Okay. Um, the, the, what, what happened though is there wasn't, with, within the crew of surfers that were there, it was, it's primarily a high performance focus and there wasn't a real understanding of what the criteria meant for them. Mm -hmm. And the second thing is there were very, very, very few traditional surfers Remember, if you're a traditional surfer, you're, you're probably not entering the, these events. No, a lot of those people don't. You, you didn't feel that it matched up with your surfing. So yeah. you hoped you got an invite to the duct tape, 
And if you're good, eventually you're going to, or to the dais, or to relic, and so on. And um, so what what the shift is now really is, is, it's interesting, it's not really that much of a shift. The criteria is the same as it was three years ago. What's new is me being here. So the, this tour director commissioner role didn't exist before because you didn't really need it for one event. Now we have four events. So of the four events, you need to surf the first three events to qualify for the final event. So but, what are the first three? So the first three are Nusa, Galicia, which is in Spain. It's a really nice kind of beach break. It's got a little bit of a point, but it's mostly a beach break. And then you have Long Beach in New York. So that's going to be the New York venue, yes. Long Beach. Where yeah. you, the WSL did a contest many years ago. Um, Kelly Slater, Hurricane, everybody knows. It, it put the city on the map. It also influenced, I was talking to Ryan from Lograp, which was really interesting because he grew up near there. And he said, yeah, when that happened, that contest came there. It did a lot for the surfing community for like kids because they were never exposed to that kind of surfing. Sure. So like you know they were never exposed to like like short borders and like get yeah. like that kind of stuff and all of a sudden that if you look at hindsight like that took off like crazy. So yeah. you guys bringing that there again is like I think it's awesome. Yeah, and so I want to come back to the New York thing because I think there's something interesting there. We'll we'll finish the thought just because people need to understand how this thing's going to work. Okay. So the first three events. Anybody can enter it. It's open. It's not an invite. Oh. Now there is a limit to the draw. Um, you have to enter in time and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, yeah. But it's expandable. So if only 40 people show up, we'll run with 40 people. But we can expand it up to 72 people to enter. Whoa. Um, yeah. So it's really interesting, and it just depends on the venue. Um, now that's really interesting because it's just it's going to give an opportunity for new faces, mm -hmm. right? And Previously, to get into the One World event, there were some regional qualifiers, but unfortunately, there weren't enough. A critical place like Hawaii didn't really have a good regional, so you didn't have a lot of Hawaiians in there. It was really mm -hmm. kind of a challenge. And same with the mainland, the U.S. Like, there weren't a lot of U.S. guys in there. Now, if once you're in that One World uh, event, you got invited back year after year after year, so you were kind of seated again. So that kind of took care of okay. Americans and Hawaiians who were in it. They kept being able to come back. Got it. There were qualifiers in Australia and Europe. So that's why, you know, you, you saw the field was quite heavy with Australians and, yeah, yeah. and with um, Europeans. And that's just really a function of the qualifying system. Right. So there's no perfect solution. The idea was like, okay, well, let's let's walk away from the quali that qualifying system. Let's bring three events to the world. So we got Australia, North America, USA, which is a bummer because Hawaii is not Hawaii is not included in that, but I can come back to why that is. Okay. It's for funding reasons. And then you have Europe, and then the final, which is Spain. So the final event, Taiwan. The way that you get into that event is out of those three first events, we take the top two results. So technically, you only have to serve two of the three. If you want to skip one event, you're welcome to. We're only going to count two of the three first events to determine the ranking, which will get you into the final event. The final event will take the top 24 surfers, men, top 24 women, okay. equal prize money on all sides. So 
What's interesting about that is, okay, okay. Well, so does someone said, does that mean you're going to decide the world title off one event still? What's the point? No. The best two of three will be combined with your result in Taiwan. So you bring oh. your points with you. Let's say you go in and you're ranked seventh. Yeah. And mathematically, if you win Taiwan because it's weighted a little bit heavier, mm. it's six thousand points an event in the first three. It's ten thousand in the next one. You could potentially uh, be the world champion and come back from behind. So it's not just weighted off one event. It's technically no, a combination really of three events. Um, I'm trying to get better at explaining that because I'm no, really it, new to it. But no, no, no. But that's. I think it's awesome that. You, you only have to go to two technically, right? Like Correct. You go to two. You can go to three if you want, and better if you had a really shitty result. Yeah. And you want to, like, what if you bomb out? Yeah. Like, man, I'm going to go to the next one because I want to try to yeah. get in the final or whatever and make sure I get in. Right. So, you know, and it's 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 not a 100% a clean slate. I think, uh, if I remember correctly, and I got to double check, I'm going to put out a press release about it. But... The top eight finishers from Taiwan last year, if I believe if they compete in in these events, even if they bomb out, they're guaranteed a spot. Okay, okay, so that's as fair. kind of like a hey, you invested in the previous last because year. Because that's how it used to work, in a, in a way. Like yeah, because if you just totally zero that out, yeah, it's really kind of a slap in the face and unfair to people that have invested in it over mm -hmm. the years and. Um, but the, so so that's kind of the framework of it, um, and I want to get back to like why those venues. But but one thing I want to finish with is I'm getting lots of questions about will it be single fin only? Will it be heavy? Yeah, like, what, what are all what are all the things? And so I literally just started this week. <laughs> so the the criteria which I just read to you, and there's a bullet point un underneath it. Um, there's a bullet point un underneath with. Um, it says, further the above, the following are key elements the judges consider. Nose riding, rail surfing, which is, you know, that's a subjective term, but in traditional surfing, at its highest form, rail surfing is really important. You yeah. know, like, guys and girls that can lay it down with a bottom turn and a beautiful cutback, you know, state-of-the-art surfing can't just be all about nose riding. Yeah. I mean, that that's, that's really kind of taking us backwards, I think. You yeah. Know? I think what we're looking for is an understanding of what traditional surfing is. So people ask about the equipment. Um, the WSL in no way, shape, or form, the ASP doesn't doesn't want to get in the business of restricting people on what they ride. They they really want to stick to their guns. That if you have the right criteria and you set people up in the right conditions. You will figure out what board you need to ride. Like, for example, look at the shortboard tour. It doesn't say anywhere in there that you have to ride those shortboards. You That's can ride true. whatever you want. Yeah. You can ride a fish. Yeah. But at the highest, most elite level to do those maneuvers, you're you are instinctively and and by necessity actually are going to find a board that's going to get you to beat the best of the best. Mm -hmm. And whether it's because you're going to conform and copy what other people do, or maybe you go a different direction and you get a Tomo yeah. and do like Stu Kennedy did two years ago and rode something very different, and he did really well. Yeah. Same with the longboarding thing right now is 
<clears throat> there's already look there's already the duct tape like yeah. you don't need another duct tape no like let's let duct tape be what it is it's awesome yeah. and there's an opportunity with the WSL to, to exist together and with Relic and with Deus you know like we don't it isn't about who's going to be the better tour or who's going to take out yeah. who it's not about that at all you know so with the WSL already having this criteria let's experiment with this you know let's see if it works because maybe it'll work with the venue mm -hmm. we have a great venue Nusa which is an amazing longboard wave yeah uh, New York long, uh, long Beach can be phenomenal for longboarding you know like you call it on the right days there's these beautiful lefts down the beach yeah granted they're shorter and punchier you're going to get a different kind of surfing but but it makes it interesting. Like you're talking Noosa versus a like a beach break. Like great, it should be that way. Mix it up. It's the same way like you have the the CT stuff. Like you have a pipeline and then you have a sunset. And you have a Hali. Yeah. Right there, three different waves. Yeah, you have Hasagor. You've yeah. got you got the whole thing. So you used to have trestles. Um, <laughs> not anymore. Yeah. Uh, Relic has that now. Yeah. Good for them. And uh, so it, it's really kind of interesting to see how it's going to play out. I think the right thing to do is not to come in and make immediate changes when you start in something. I think you need to, to take a moment to understand it. Mm -hmm. You know, to come in and for me to have all the answers, I, how can I, you know, yeah. like, let's get to the first event. Let's see how this criteria works. Maybe it's perfect. Maybe having that venue and then aligning the head judge with, hey, we're, you know, we really want to bring this criteria to life. So we're going to really be talking to our judges and, and making sure that they're not going off the rails you know because in one sense they could go too far where what if some guy hangs 10 the whole way and it doesn't get off the nose like what does that mean you yeah. know like well to the criteria you're supposed to use the whole board like yeah like so even in duct tapes like they won't give you a 10 if you just hang 10 all the way yeah, i've just, been to them you you have to get off and you know you got to yeah. surf your board yeah, yeah right you got to be all over the place so um it's going to be really interesting. Back to the venues. So there is no sponsor for this tour. Oh, no, okay. None. So um, the way that it's working is the WSL has, in, in the ASP has developed it. Now it's WSL. It's been yeah. that way for years. They have great relationships with tourism uh, bureaus. These tourism folks want these events to come yeah. to the towns. So, for example, New York, they've been just absolutely chomping at the bit to get no, they something were, back there they're desperate and so this made sense like they're like the city is Long Beach is like look we will underwrite you know we'll put up the, the uh, $60,000 price purse which is going to be Whoa. split with the men and women so they they're putting up the dough you Shit. know and like they're committing because that's meaningful to that city you yeah. know you look at the impact it had on some young people already yeah imagine like seeing some of the world's best longboarders there like that's that's a good thing you know I, and for the businesses like not just during the event and i know this because my my brother-in-law owns that that main bagel shop that's over there yeah um, long term like bringing more surfers long term like all those businesses did very well for a while sure you know like they were it was like that event like brought in a lot of people and then people started surfing so they're going to the beach sure. more and like on off season so like all of a sudden those places that were typically closer in off season because the surf is better during the winter like that's what you guys have the For sure. ability to do there yeah so you know and, and i'm sure there might be a local that listens to your podcast who they may not want this event there you know and so i'm, I'm sensitive to that too i mean i appreciate that mm -hmm. not everybody loves competition not everyone thinks that it has its place in surfing um, but 
I, you know, I jumped on board. Like I, I didn't need to do this. I have a great job and I'm well employed. And, yeah. and so this is a part-time role. It's only four events. It's not a full-time job. Mm-hmm. Um, but the reason I did it is I really, really wished that this opportunity existed when I was, you know, 25, not 45. I'm too old. Like, yeah. I missed the boat. <laughs> you know, like, so how cool would it be that if, if, if we're successful and if this becomes something that I believe it can be, which is something, not we're not going to take over the world. Like, I, I don't think we need more than four or six events maximum. I think that's plenty. You know, like, we don't need 12 events. We don't need 20 events. You yeah. know, I think a handful of quality events. You know that we can look forward to maybe six is a max in my mind that's, yeah that's that's a nice number four is a good start yeah um and we can give young people something to be inspired by mm-hmm. and and sort of feel that it's it's attainable for them you know like they currently they can do that with the duct tape and the relic and and that's not to say that kids shouldn't be feeling that way but I don't think there's any denying that right now the WSL has the largest platform mm-hmm. in surf competition. You have and the infrastructure. You have the, the infrastructure. Sure. Yeah, you know, and so the the runway is there, and I think the WSL is making some good moves. Like hiring Pat O'Connell is a pretty, it's it's pretty rad, you know. Like Kieran Perot, who's been the commissioner, he's going to stay on, and um, he's going to continue. Uh, but he just, you know, he had the opportunity to do the job that Pat's doing, but it would have involved him moving to Los Angeles. It's pretty hard to move from Byron Bay to Los yeah, Angeles. I, wouldn't do it. I don't think we need to explain that. <laughs> no. <laughs> so, um, Kieran's been amazing as, you know, he's such a, uh, you talk about an authentic surfer, and that's really what they want in these jobs, and that's why they reached out to me, and I was flattered, mm-hmm. frankly. You know, I'm like, hey, that's cool. Like, you, you guys believe that I can help be an advocate for the athletes and the organization that's really the job yeah. you know it's like hey let's let's make sure the surfers feel good about what's going on have communication have information and then on the WSL side like as we move forward if we're going to put out a video or a photo let's let's put out something that really represents what we think's the the, the best form of longboarding possible yeah you know and, it, and then it's good for all of us I think I mean, I think a lot of people, like myself included, like when we saw the news that you got this position, like everybody was really excited because we're like, okay, they got someone legit and someone everyone respects and someone who really surfs really well. And it's like it fit all the criteria from like, if you want to talk about a, a, a surf cred kind of thing, it was like, wow, they, they couldn't have picked anyone else. Like it was like, yeah, perfect. I appreciate that. And it, I think it's something that has softened everyone stands a little bit on the WSL like to be honest mine included like I mean look I'm the, I'm the one who makes the fuck WSL t-shirts like I'm yeah I know <laughs> you're, you're, you're an open uh, critic <laughs> yeah and uh, but I was actually when I saw that and that's why I wanted to talk to you about it because I was like oh my god this sounds awesome now the couple of questions that I do have are this, Please, yeah, and, go for and this is not not just for me this is from other people why no California um well so remember I mentioned there's there's no funding. Yeah. So when when so Will Hayden Smith is a guy who was like the interim dude doing my job. Mm-hmm. He has a full time job putting on all the QS events in, in in Asia and Australia. He looked into this and he's like, look, the only way we can get more events is if we tap into the local tourism bureaus. You want to check? No, no, it's fine. So. 
New York, as I mentioned a moment ago, was chomping at the bit, no-brainer. Noosa had the same thing. The, the tourism group for Noosa wanted to fund it. So, and the same with Spain. And it honestly, it, it's not like, it's not an excuse for being lazy. They just literally had no money. And this was like the first step. They're like, okay, we'll get someone like Devin. They didn't know if they were going to get me or not. They were talking to other people. And let's get these events and let's just get something going because they will all admit that it was it's not been a priority mm -hmm. it, it's just obvious no one's going to deny that and yeah i mean understand i understandable just because wsl is so i mean obviously like their bread and butter is this for me the whole argument always was with with making why to make it more of a pr priority to people who don't serve is that it's more attainable for someone who's never served before to step on a longboard than to step on a shortboard yeah. Like, you know what I mean? Like, so it's like if they see longboarding in their town. It's approachable. They're Yeah, they see it. They're like, oh, okay, like this is something I could try. They'll probably catch a wave their first like three, four times surfing versus if you just bought a short shortboard off the rack, you probably are not going to catch your first wave for like. You might give up. Yeah, and then <laughs> it's a turnoff, you know. Sure. And then you lose that consumer base because right now surfing is suffering on the, on, on the consumer side. You know, there's companies going out of business they're like combining and stuff like well, you need consumers to buy this at the end of the day to support this and doing something like this where the WSL has the infrastructure like we're saying the, they can broadcast they can do all this stuff they could put a vent on very well this is like they know how to do this right they're able taking on something like longboarding in this fashion I think it's going to be very successful to the culture yeah so I mean, they really only had the bandwidth for the three events and the four, and it just kind of worked out that it's not it's not perfect. You know, they looked into Hawaii, um, but there's it's really challenging in Hawaii. Um, I mean, it's kind of it's it, to me it's a must to have one in the South Shore somewhere because it's the cradle of surf <laughs> history and. But you have a lot of issues there with permitting. Mm -hmm. You have different groups that, that don't necessarily see eye to eye that kind of run different events and permits. Yeah. And so that's a really big homework assignment for me is to figure out how the, the inner workings of that play out and see if I can go in and try to convince you know folks in Hawaii, like, let's get one of these events there. It'd be awesome. Um, when it comes to Europe, it, it just happened to work out. Uh, we really we were looking and aiming for Biritz, but the ISA already had grabbed the permit oh, okay. and the kind of funding and attention. Biritz would have been perfect. Yeah, I mean everyone knows that. Yeah, yeah. Um, but the Galicia, Spain, I think people are going to be stoked on it. It's really beautiful. Is that and that the, same spot that they did the duct tape? Spain or no, what? they did that in Salinas, but it's really close to there. Okay, it's uh, the same kind of vibe. Yeah, I could be wrong. I better double check. I don't want <laughs> Joel, if you're listening, I could We're be completely like wrong. We're horrible at geography in the uh, U.S. <laughs> but I think it's a different spot. But um, it's very, it, it's very similar. It's a beach break, and you know, you can tend to get waves to be too big there. Oh, okay. And with longboarding events, it's kind of weird. It's almost like you want to almost do the opposite. Like in shortboarding, you're begging for the waves to be like double overhead. Yeah. In longboarding, you're like. I hope it's not overhead high, because you know, well, then it, it it just becomes a different it's a different sport. Well, it's Goldilocks, right? <laughs> not too hot, not too cold, yeah. just right. Like that's yeah. what you need for longboarding. That's why it's so fickle. It's like can't be too small, can't be too big. A little wind, not too much. <laughs> yeah, it's it's yeah, exa I agree. So, um, 
trying to think what else. Um, well, when are people going to be able? So when is the first event? The roughly? first event is March seventh through ten. So oh, I'm, wow. I'm leaving on Saturday, this Saturday, and I get there Monday, just in time for Tom Wigner's birthday party, and then. Oh, so it's it's good. So it, everybody's there already. A lot of the people are there. This whole week is the festival, and then. Yeah. And then the, uh, you know, they have like an old mal division, yeah, yeah. all the amateur divisions, and then we kind of take over, sort of Thursday through Sunday. We don't. The, the, so one of the things that we have room to improve is is in the future is that we need to. We're going to have to work on the waiting periods because for, for these to be world championship tour caliber events, you need flexibility. Yeah. In, in a, and that's. You know, to Relic's credit, they have the 10-day waiting period, which is awesome. Um, it's also very costly. Yeah. So, I mean, it's on—it's really on my shoulders to get us through this first event. And then what I really want to do, and if anyone's listening, <laughs> is I'd like to find a sponsor for this event so that if we can up the support, that will increase the prize money, which would be great for the surfers who are traveling to make yeah. sure that they cover their expenses. That's a really huge priority for me. It's like I'm up there at the very top. Mm -hmm. Because for this to work, we need the best surfers in the world to get there. And as we know, a lot of the best longboarders in the world don't have any money. They yeah, don't no, have sponsors, yeah. right? Yeah, but I had this conversation with someone else recently that I interviewed where it was like, you know, they make their decisions on what tours they go to, sadly, like festivals, you know? Because there's all these little contests that we were talking about <laughs> and they have to kind of go like, okay. Who do I know there? Right, and then like, okay, which one has the prize money that's realistic to me? Right. Like there was that one that just happened in the Philippines, and I know people that went there, they're like, you know what, the prize money's not bad, I'm gonna probably be one of the top three people there automatically, I'll go to that, because I don't get money from anywhere else. Right. You know, that's just right. how it is. No, it's true. And so, I, I having been on that end of it, um, I, that's important to me. So, um, so that's a real big focus. And, um, you know, look, I'm, I'm, the cliche of hitting the ground running like that's <laughs> like exactly what's happening I so know, this is fast this so is anyone that's really the takeaway for anyone's listening to this is like we've, we've got a great criteria um we're not going to discriminate again you know what you want to ride you know that's what I was if, if there's any reason to evaluate that down the road i think everyone's always open to that but i really believe that if you have the criteria and the waves and an understanding with the head judge i think it can work now, where are the judges coming from? Um, so, keep, a lot of them are down, uh, majority of them are from Australia. Okay. Um, the head judge is Keenan, who's been the head judge the last few years. He has the best understanding of this criteria. Um, so, we've been on the phone, we've had really good chats. I think we're really in alignment with, with the criteria. Um, we've got some really interesting surfers um, you, you can have the uh, exclusive on this because no one knows this, okay. but Alex Nost will be in the event. Oh, wow. Jared Mel's going to be in the event. Okay. Harrison Roach is going to be in the event. Oh, so you got, like, yeah. Um, Troy Mothershead is oh, coming Jesus. out of retirement, a duct tape winner. Yeah. Um, you know, and on the women's side, we've got um, Karina so is, is in there. Uh, Michaela yeah. is going to be in there. There's a few others. Uh, Kalia Moniz is coming out of retirement. <laughs> so, I, you know, it, 
almost overnight, we've already got some really interesting people. Now, there's there's a lot more people that I, I'm reaching out to, and I really want to get. You know, I'd love for Ryan Birch to be there. Yeah. I you know I just want it to be open to everybody. We just want to put on, um, you know, the best show possible. Mm-hmm. And I I think it was really interesting to see that post that Joel Tudor did today because yeah. Joel's you know I Joel's been. You about that. I was surprised because Joel. I don't think Joel's. I don't know if Joel's ever said anything nice about me ever. In, <laughs> I in, saw that and I was like, someone and it's was, funny. was happy today. <laughs> yeah, because look, he and I go way back. We've, we've known each Everyone knows the story. No, I, I, I don't need to explain yeah. that. We've known each other a long time. But he's also, it's always been tough love with him. He doesn't hand out no. good, new, positive. But, but when he does, that's like a really good sign. Like if Joel's saying something, he's backing something or wishing them the best, he yeah. really means it. Oh yeah. I was blown away. I was like, wow. Like I have to screen grab this because it might yeah. be the only time <laughs> it ever happens. You might take it down. You <laughs> <laughs> might be like, wait a second. What did I yeah. write? <laughs> so I'm getting a lot of DMs, a lot of emails, a lot of inquiry. A lot of suggestions, uh, I'm sure. Yeah, you know, a lot, of, <laughs> a lot of suggestions, but it's out of love. And, you know, I, I'm... My, my hat's in hand. I don't have all the answers. Yeah. You know, all I can tell people is I'm really passionate about it and I really do care. I hope that Noosa goes down and is a really successful event. And if anything gets screwed up or bobbled or doesn't come out, you can bet that I'm going to have the pad and pen. I'm going to study and we're going to get better and better. And that's everything. People who know me, everything in my life, I'm always that way. Yeah. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm humble I'll learn like if I screw up I'll put my hand up and I'll own it yeah but I I'm not a fan of repeating mistakes again that's the people that know me know I don't do that mm-hmm. so I'll always be honest and truthful um, it, people may not always agree with the things yeah. that I say but I'm always going to be direct and, and have in mind the best things not for me but for longboard surfing you know like this that's isn't like about it. me this is about all of us yeah and this is an amazing community we have. I don't. It doesn't matter if you like to ride two plus ones or single fins. You love surfing, you know. And like, I'm, I'm not interesting in really having the discussion about which one's better and this or that. I believe the answers in our criteria, and I already said what that is earlier. Yeah. And that's for me, like that's perfect. Like. And you could pretty much ride any any board in that situation when it comes to longboards. To be honest. Absolutely. You know. Like if, like if you, and what you're comfortable with. I'm excited. For me, it's like. I'm excited to see like people with that are used to surfing different kinds of equipment, like being in the same heats, just to see like how they surf a wave differently. Like it's like more apples to apples right. kind of thing, where it's like okay, this this one's on this kind of board that weighs like nothing, and it's like a you know two plus one, and this one's on like a super heavy glass log. Like let's see what happens. Yeah, kind of thing. yeah. So cool. you know the future for this is if we get some some momentum. Um, the areas for investment will be the broadcast. Um, if you if you've watched the broadcast before, uh-huh. I'm you know I'm just being honest. It's it's not at the level of what you're used to on the championship tour. I agree. There's there's no money for it. Um, we're basically going to have like a two camera, very simple, like some of the broadcasts you've seen. Like even Relic was just two cameras on Surfline. Like yeah. there's only so much you can do. So have some compassion and be patient with be patient with that. Um, and those are the things I'm going to work on: better prize money and a better broadcast. Um, awesome. But what's mostly important is the outcome. Let's let's get some good surfing, and and if we can do that, 
we're really, really on a good path. Well, I think we all kind of feel like you, you being there, it's gonna, it's gonna go there. So, congrats. I'm gonna do job. my best. Yeah. Thanks. All right. We'll we'll, we'll catch up again, and, and we'll let yeah. you know how the how it went. Yeah. <laughs> awesome. All right. Thanks. Congrats and thanks to Devin. You know, I'm really happy for him that he has this position. I also think I'm really happy for him because at least there's someone there now who is part of our world and going to do the best representation of it. Look, it's not a perfect world, okay? I'm still that person that thinks competition sucks and I'm not a big fan of it. That's why I'm so attracted to things like the duct tape, like the hot dog or like these kind of things where they feel more of a festival and celebration rather than a competition. And in those cases, it's really about us all getting together, surfing, having fun, communicating, you know, there's a competition aspect tied to it, but that's not really the central focus. Saying that, the WSL bread and butter is going to be competition. They are a sports organization. They are in an NFL. They are a Major League Baseball. They are one of those organizations. And if we can have someone there that can influence that and hopefully put money in the pockets of people that need it and help highlight these people, great. I don't think there's anything to scoff about that. I think we have to, if anything, take advantage. Like now we have someone on the inside. Now we have an ear there. Granted, they haven't approached it the exact right way, but what is the right way? We all have our own determination. You know, I was speaking to some people after I told them I did this piece with Devin, and they all had their own opinions, and they were all very valid, and I agree with them 100%. But at the end of the day, let's just start somewhere. You know, I'm going to try to be positive about it. I really am. Now, I don't think it's the ultimate solution, but look, if you're a longboarder in Spain and you're really good and you want to hustle and you could get into this contest and you get into, you know, the top 10, you could somehow take the money you got from that and pay for your plane ticket to get to the next stop in Long Island, you might make a little cash and you might get some exposure that helps you get some other sponsors that like pay for your passion in, in surfing. So I think it's okay, you know. I think some of the people that are putting in it are great. You know, that Devin mentioned, Alex Nose is going to be in it, Karina is going to be in it, Michaela Smith's going to be in it, our boy Chano is going to be in it. You know, it's great. The one comment I heard some people say, and which I agree with, is that what about the people that aren't making the money off of longboarding? Like a lot of these people I mentioned, they're making pretty good money from longboarding from their main sponsors. What about the people that aren't? So as long as that's addressed in the future, Let's see how it goes. But the first event's in Noosa. It's coming in a couple of days. You'll be able to watch it on swellnet.com. I think the WSL will be telecasting it. I hope they do. I hope they really put it on their app and put it up there because I'd love to watch it. But anyway, congrats, Devin. We love you. I'm glad you're doing this. And uh, yeah, let's see where it goes. But without further ado, let's get back into the tracks because I know this is a long ass episode and I want to get to those short takes. So I'll see you in a little bit. Peace. Stars of planet before it's all done, y'all gon' all understand it like ha. The Hades can't fuck with it, cause they mom and they sister and girl in love with it. Sound man, holla black, come with it. 
spin the record to the record done spinning. Up top as you getting up with it. Dirty, dirty as you getting crumb with it. Smoking smoke from coast to coast, but careful at first jaw. Be that overdose who stay holding it for Brooklyn. You know it's most. Uh, jackpot, I got to go for broke. Cause this the only way the Smith family know to go. Right here to my youngest one is older folks. I'ma put it down like a dirty so and so. Freak daddy came here to work the mojo old. Because the high is high and the low is low. And that go for the center, man, the holy folk. Put your shit in the sky like I know you know. My ghetto nation get toe to toe. But stay rocking steady, steady. Cause I told you so. And after y'all get it, come on, let it go some more. That blackjack about something for sure, for sure. So what? For sure, for sure. Let me see it in the world, making your shoulder roll. And if it get good, to your nigga throw your bowl. Cause we are so ghetto. Yes, we are rock and roll. Yes, we are so ghetto. Yes, we are rock and roll. Yes, we are so ghetto. Yes, we are rock and roll. Yes, we are so ghetto. Yes, we are rock and motherfucking roll. Huh. I am a fighter and a lover. I'm the freaky baby daddy. I'm a bad motherfucker. I'm the earth, wind, fire, and the thunder. I said I am. Go ask my mama. You don't believe that shit? Believe what you wanna. Alright, okay, what's up? Shut up. Speak language comes straight from the gutter. Observe the turns and we trade with one another. Like, what's good? What's popping? What's cracking? What it is? How you living? What's happening? Work souls that the slaves sang back then. The playground chants with little girls clapping. Black Jack Johnson, NYC, ROC. K-I-N-G, sun and the moon, earth, stars, and planets, before it's all done, y'all gon' all understand it, Black Jack Johnson, N-Y-C, R-O-C-K-I-N-G, sun and the moon, earth, stars, and planets, 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 Others are imposters with beats 
saw was stacks of rhymes written Elite, way too smart for the system of course We know a smart free black man just pisses them off What they like is when we glisten and gloss Flashing millions but still taking a loss Bump the beat, yeah. all in the street yeah. Talib, yo, I think it's about time to speak Burn. Watch me take it there, life ain't a crystal stair Hell yeah, it's crystal clear with Kwali and Chris is here Searching for the perfect beat, I went to East State It's crazy and fugazi how these slaves today release date They try to look away, they scared to look inside Asking why I like a guy who look for God up in the sky Searching high and low, behind the door, inside the drill Little did he know that the beat was trying to find the flow Stuck in limbo, how low can you go? A punch hole through your stomach lining like Tylenol Spill all kind of roll, metaphors and similes Don't have a doubt in my competitor's abilities My whole body is a spiritual facility Where I confess after a lyrical killing spree The illest delivery Later for the talk, we need action Silence is golden, but the violence is platinum When you rap it to the beat Boom, back, who's that? KRS-One, bring the beat back The perfect beat, we seek that Knowledge of mind, we speak that We don't speak weak crap over weak cracks Move that, we speak boom, back Live in the club, we can show and prove that It ain't old school or new school, it's true school rap Beat you to your blue black, true that is Let's beat it again, work the street, move it again, insert the heat Looking again for the perfect beat, don't look in the book to learn to eat Write up a hook, learn to speak, never be shook, follow the heat Forever they look weak, TK, yeah. I speak Teaching them how to eat to live, they chief in the pit, completing the fifth Bleeding as if they going to war, every time they leaving the crib for Sneakers and whips, police be peeping the strip, you see them walking the beat Hoes believing the pimps, so eating the shrimps, and John's walking the street Looking for a sweet face, in each case, trying to get their heartbeat racing And the dark meat be tasting so delicious, my description so good to the beat It's lifted right from the sounds that you hear in the hood when you sleep Bring the beat back, all that whackness, we don't need that You gotta bring the beat back All that whack garbage, we don't need that Bring the beat back All that weakness, we don't need that Select up, bring the beat back Bring the beat back Select up, listen Hi, 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 hi Yeah DJ Redmatic If you could dream it, you could be it I once out allowed the few guys I superseded As I near you here, Anita Baker playing in my BM Indeed, I'm from the era of Patrick Ewing Adidas The game turned public houses to arenas Bummy dudes move packs so they could buy jewels and sneakers Money grew, some adapted, others will become distracted Smoking woolies, opening their packs like Pookie I'm a fiend in hip-hop, I'm rapping cinematic, the beat is the plot I'm breeding to clock G's like RP, believe it or not Prestige is an illusion That'll lose you when you not hot You know how I do My jewels so colorful My daughter don't gotta watch cartoons Dudes watch my moves like LeBron Fresh out of high school My electrifying skills unrivaled I'm an all-star baby Paul A lot of dudes is lost in the rap game Chasing life with a rap star Not paid, I paid my dues Why you hating snooze? He always come correct, no singing the blues Hip-hop's my life, P already paid the price Give me a mic and a vocal booth And y'all can keep the ice And I still run on you young ones like Jerry Rice If you can't see in the dark, you only turn on the lights And if the sucker don't like me The feeling is mutual To my rhyme, to a RPM, the shift to neutral Every move is crucial 
catch PMD coming through the hood in a new SUV with the chrome shoes. From the LIE, the QB, it's Mega MP, two of the nicest reppin' NYC. Paris Smith, you know me well from EPMD, so you got to chill, cause niggas can't fuck with me. You know I got the shine when it's time to get mine. Pop that ass with a classic ass line. You try to step to me, you're worse than landmines. Twist your spine like five or book vines. You must be out your mind Pop shut it down So I'm one of a kind Get mine for a back and recline If you look up Bad motherfucker Then it's me you gon' find Grand Poo I can never suck That's like trying to ride around With single digit rims On the caddy truck Me and this added up All the equals Is another hot joint That I spit with my people So you know the deal Real recognize real So throw your hands up Let me know how you feel Cause it's on now Stack paper Like a green mound Official, authentic, it's Grand Fuba style Here we go, KRS in the spot When I spit it, you can see that I am fresh, they are not This that other type of lyric, when you hear it, you stop KRS and Cormega, that's some real hip-hop I'm glad to see these MCs coming up after me Running up after me, doing it how it has to be This that new shit, but it's old This that hot shit, but it's cold Three, four, five clips when we roll Boom, boom, bop, bit, then you fold Talking like it's something that they won't do Shit, y'all niggas couldn't find a heart with John Q I'm here to warn who, just might show off Because I can really clap and make the lights go off I enterprise like Microsoft The sweat and blood of who, make cheddar double through Plus I'm ghetto double boo Scheme to win by any means within Shit, a nigga this here thorough won't be seen again Cause when my team is in and I got green to spend Who oh, I'ma hold the fort down just like Supreme and Ben Got you stuck behind enemy lines The whole vicinity's mine Any decline, nigga, give me your sign If you don't want ventilation all about your house Then treat my name like spoiled food And keep it out your mouth, nigga And there you have it, everybody Big up to everybody all across the board That understand real hip-hop, real skills, real lyrics I go by the name of the cool DJ to let alone Hey, we ain't going to goddamn place Hey, you must think we're going somewhere Hey, you must be out your goddamn mind And the poo-poo And for all you bitches Yo, hold on, hold on. Is it the way that I'm cut right? Or how I sing, how I dipped under red lights? Martinis is ghost dinis, stretched out on stage with the gauge, fashion tech like Clint East. Polo doors, velour headband, Jennifer convertible couch in the back with the two night stands. I'm the man, nigga. When I come through dressing rooms, had the goose ready, Remy cream in the bag of shrooms. I need a foot massage, tell a masseuse she can't do it for me, do it for God I got the mix CD on pause with all the bars, join you me up, please my nuts Read me a story, tuck me in, something like the Caesars say Pass me the cold fresh squeeze, OJ, I got 500 under my pillow And I'm done, do my DJ, cause of that, I'm 
gonna rock the show tonight The tri team gonna get those hoes tonight That's it or shit, if you and your whip two-step You slip, get your whole crew wet Cause of that, I'ma rock the show tonight The tri team gonna get those hoes tonight That's it or shit, if you and your whip two-step You slip, get your whole crew wet Spiteful, sport the Nike shoe Nice with the mics since high school Fuck who like who, thin or not, niggas trifle Life cycles to get dough is so delightful Criminal IQ, spiral condos with the sky view This is what I do, pioneer my peace pavu Fuck y'all cool, but factual, true and living Polo polovers with the true religion No superstition, spit it so the truth to listen And hear the real, so y'all new jack niggas kneel Sit it still, swig a fifth with your biff and chill Fix your grill, it's ill, seen the game from Galatos to the glamorous gear Show and prove how I move, you know hammers is near Never fooled, appear rude, though my manners is there Get it straight, say my grace for stuff in my face Cause of that, I'ma rock this show tonight Hustle hard, I'ma get that dough tonight Quiet money, all we do is just two-step Slip up and get your whole fucking crew wet Cause of that, I'ma rock this show tonight Hustle hard, I'ma get that dough tonight Money, all we do is just two step. Slip up and get the whole fucking crew wet. The radio, the corners respect. Soldier, I, I'm about to get fly like I'm boarding a jet. Watch your mouth, little homie, I demolish your rep. I'm like Muhammad Atta when I'm bombing the set. Bottom line, you got a problem with deck. I'm like the police gun, son. A nigga named Poppin' the Jets. Hating your blood, green eyes, watching my step. I'm on money like the press, no stopping the rest. This is Stone's and Roman poking his chest. Playing hero, watch the cave blow a hole in your vest. Wild flow like I know I'm the best. Cause I'm spitting the piff. Half of y'all dudes rolling with stress. Come and see me, son, you know the address. 10304 block work first, homie, show me the checks. Hood crooks living over the edge. Ghost saying, ah, that's a good look, focus, respect. Yeah. Cause of that, I'ma rock this show tonight. Like your weed, pop your ex, let's go tonight. House gang on the dance floor, two step. You out of line, get your lame ass crew wet. Cause of that, I'ma rock this show tonight. Like your weed, pop your ex, let's go tonight. House gang on the dance floor, two step. You out of line, get your lame ass crew wet. Welcome back, everybody, to the Bodega Border Group Podcast, Volume 49. Hope you guys been enjoying the interviews, the tracks, my little spiel, what I have to say. I'm a very opinionated person, as you guys all know, either in person or over this thing, but what can I do? This is my DNA. I can't help it. You know, if I see a shitty hamburger, I'm going to say it's a shitty hamburger. That's all there is. But let's do a little housekeeping. This is the Bodega Border Crew Podcast, Volume 49. Make sure to check us out on Instagram at Bodega Border Crew. Make sure to check out our page, bodegabordercrew.podbean.com, as well as the full description on your iTunes player for track listings and links to things that we're talking about. Also, head over to bodegabordercrew.com to pick up our merch, t-shirts, wax, stickers. I think we have some beer koozies on there too. And especially Surf's Up, Bros Down Zine, honestly selling out really fast and hope you guys can pick it up. But without further ado, let's get into some short takes. The first short take I want to talk about is this little clip that TCSS put up of Ryan Glover that was done by Jared Seville. 
It's shot on the east coast of Australia. It's a nice little clip. I love all the clips they always do, whether they're surfing or not, just how they're filmed and how they look. And Ryan is a great surfer, has great style. When I watch this video, it just reminds me of those random summer days where it's like a weekday, after the work crowd has gone away, you're at Sano, it's like maybe 9 a.m. There's not that many people out because the waves aren't that big, but they're still clean. It reminded me of that and I just kind of dug it. You know, I kind of dig clips like this and I also love their brand. You know, I'll be honest, like I dig what they do and this was a good little piece to put out. Short and sweet and to the point. You guys should check it out. The next short take I have is this clip that Robot's from did for Ruka with uh, Grant Noble in it. If you don't know who Robots From is, it's uh, Kevin Jensen, an awesome dude, great cinematographer. I love the stuff he does in surfing and outside of surfing. The one thing you know I was discussing with Worm about his work is that it really gives the personality of the surfer very well. You know, he showed me this long clip that he's cutting from putting out these episodes, which you should check out. The episodes he releases are coming out, I think, like every week or something. But this clip that he did for Ruka is of Grant and this little trip that they did down to Mexico. Now, first of all, Grant is one of the best surfers, I think, out there all, on any kind of board. You know, surfing with him at Blackie's on a long board and watching him is unbelievable what he does with the wave and the board. This clip is really cool, really great music. Kevin just does an amazing job how he shoots stuff. It's just really, really good. and. The other thing too is he's really good at the music he picks. It's a lot of stuff from like left field. It's not what is expected, but it goes exactly with what he's editing and filming. So I suggest you check it out. We have a link to it in our episode description, and I hope you guys enjoy that one. The next short take is this thing that popped up on my Instagram feed that I thought that was really cool. It's this thing called Beachbox. It's basically a shower and storage system not just for surfing, but it's, I think, primarily made for surfing, that this crew of people is trying to get off the ground through Kickstarter. Right now, they're halfway to their goal of $25,000. I'm actually going to back it. I suggest you check out the link in our profile and check out the little video clip because it's really, really cool what they're doing. It's a storage system. It's a mini shower. It's everything. You know, my trunk in my car is an absolute fucking mess because of surfing. There's fins, there's wax, there's towels, there's all this fucking shit, you know? And then on top of that, when I go surfing, most of the time I just change my wetsuit on the dirty ground and then I toss my wetsuit in the car. Like I don't even put it in a bag or anything and it smells up my car and it doesn't dry out all the way. This thing is really cool because everything is self-contained and neat and you could have a spot for your wax and your tools and your fins and everything their instagram account is beachbox underscore surf and on there they have a link to their kickstarter and you could see how to help if anything just promote this thing help these guys get it off the ground and maybe one day you'll be able to buy it which would be kind of cool so hope you guys dig that the last short take i have this week is something i could make a whole episode about but i want to briefly mention it this company, Equinor, is thinking about drilling in the Australian Blight. The Australian Blight is basically the southern part of Australia. It's some of the roughest coastline. There's huge, gigantic waves, a lot of storm systems. It's basically really rough. And the prospect of putting some oil platforms there is really dicey. Exxon and BP already withdrew, or I think they got pushed out because they could not guarantee any sort of safety because of storms that happened there. But for some reason, this company Equinor that is 
masquerading itself through PR as a green energy company thinks that they can do this. They also have said supposedly that the best guarantee they can give if an oil well opens up is 160 days, meaning it would take them 160 days minimum, minimum to shut it down, minimum. It's like half a year. It's like almost six months that an oil well will just be spitting out oil. And it would decimate the southern coast of Australia as well as parts of the western and eastern coasts. So this is a big deal. I'm not an expert in this thing, but I've read enough to know that this is something that they don't need. You know, we should be working on getting off of fossil fuels, alternative energies, all that, instead of drilling, drilling, drilling and depleting resources and putting people at risk. We've seen what happened with other oil spills. Look, the oil spill that happened in the Gulf, they're still dealing with this shit, okay? This is something that's gonna generationally be a problem their ecosystem, their food system, the whole thing. So please, please, please educate yourself about this. There's still time to voice your opinion. And that's what the Australian government really needs to hear from people from all over the world. So if you can, there's a link in this episode description. Go there, check it out, click on it. It takes you seriously five minutes to fill out the information and it's totally worth it. And you know, look, all we could do is get involved the best way we can. I don't expect people to get on boats and go to Australia and protest in person. But if you're in front of your computer and you, or you're with your cell phone in your hand listening to this episode, just click on the link. It's going to take you five minutes. And if everybody did that five minutes of work, it would make a huge impact of people in the future. But that's it for this episode. It was a long one. A lot of interview, a lot of talk. Like I said, I don't want to put out episodes until I have good content, and I think I had two good pieces of content here. I want to thank Ryan. I want to thank Devin. I want to thank everybody. I want to thank everybody who listens, who downloads, who buys our stuff. You, you know, I want to thank everybody who showed up to the launch party of the zine. It was really good. It was a lot of fun to see some faces, new ones, old ones. Also, I can't believe how many copies of the zine are selling online. And if you can't buy it online, there's a couple of stores that you could buy it from. Right now, you could buy it at Daydream, you could buy it at Mollusk Silver Lake and in Venice, and you could buy it at Happy Battle. Soon, we're gonna be coming to ET Surf and some other stores, so stay tuned for that. But I wanna thank everybody who came to the party. I wanna thank everybody who was in it, both the writing, photography, as well as, of course, all the surfers. But I don't wanna keep anyone any longer I just want to leave you with our parting words, which are, there's no need to bust a craze on a wave. Go out there, have fun. I know there hasn't been a lot of swell, but you know what? If you just smile at each other, you might have a good time. Check you out next time. Peace! Verse that I kick, so I got with a click that's so sick. Now the world gets lit. You can ask.
but you stuck out of luck Trying to harass, you couldn't get a rise for me if you were licking my nuts Time's ticking, mouth still stay shut Whether it's us talking about the stuff we doing or your crew and you duck Y'all, I rhyme often, the cheap rapper's exhausted It's unspeakable, the evil that we dropping Don't even try it, get lost in my vibrance Even in my absence, I'm loud like a siren Keep your day job, cause rappers not hiring Literates click, conducting mass firings And it don't pause, we go above laws You didn't make it, you played the game all wrong I already told charge, show call So be my guest to be the next contestant to flex It's no shock, you thought you had the whole spot locked Till we bum rush the venue in the parking lot Type of dude that'll intrude in your crew Battling you and the fools who choose to assist you in the feud With no sign, so what you gonna do? We the chosen few, explore minds overshadowing crews It's the literates, we keep it And leave myself speechless The proper etiquette You rappers better get A better sedative To medicate your element We on focus Though this got the dopest Dosage each time Will leave your mind frozen It's on the rail With everything that we build Not music that you hear It's music you can feel I've been trying to explain But it's just no need Sit back, relax Place a couple sacks of trees Do you think the way you do it Then get back to me I guarantee we doing more Than satisfactory With much more to come Ask me for a sample Give any of us a mic The type to lead by No need for speech, we reach peeps from high school jocks to one-legged geeks You felt the heat when this violence exploded Blow rappers up because silence is golden The sickest defense with the endless offense Leave you like celebrities stuck without no comments Blow atomic bomb it like a reckless comet Touch the world with these words, leave them toxic Never quit it, spit out the critics if it's not hot Then we rock till we burn up the spot Whether you like it or not We got schemes and plots Got to take over the block, no need to slang rock Everything we try, We got you banging your head Just that real hip hop There's nothing more to be said Blaster, the little bastard, the master The real way you slap the bitches nigga backwards Uh oh, hey yo, whenever bust around say so When we move, yes, sometimes we lay low Hey yo, big up my little nigga Pedro Make you after the L like turkey, cheese, and tomato Fuck is that, especially for niggas that will pay no attention to instructions like they still on this obey, yo. One to ten powers activate real quick so that I could go about five feet more with an extra dick. One dick to hold in my hand when I'm rocking the mic. The extra dick to blow up the pussy for the rest of the night. Then I return with more lyrics like a bunch of rough niggas and cough niggas and snuff niggas.
niggas I know the club got enough niggas To slap your face expert Who the next jerk to make me exert heat Fuck it, let me network Yo, Reggie, no feel Yo, bust a bust What up? Yo, five dog, yo, it's time to step up Yo, what the fuck, uh Check it here, peak the four-man transaction Five diggy dog, be on some tart, sure, mackin' You know my seed, there's no time for relaxing. Word to Reggie, yo, it's time for some action Go swing your ass, I can feel you climaxing. Don't even front, you know you wanna make it happen Yo, bust a bust, do you hear violate a faction? 80 beats for one show, that's satisfaction Now which MC feel like he fucking with this hair Word to Queens, I keep shit hot like a Kanish, yeah Malik is act, I'm here to make you look foolish My rep is bigger than the Afro on Coolidge Remember White Shadow? My clicks they sharper than an arrow Bust in Trinidad, I'm treated like the Mighty Sparrow Freestyling sun like there was no tomorrow Hence the reason why your bitch ass so love to follow Two different toasters in your shit, so make your shit hollow How's about them apples? Oh, is it too hard to swallow? Push your wig back, word to Big Moo and Bolo Billy Razor, Fudge Lover, on down to shine like Yo, Boosie, take this mic from this Boosie Make it run it, five foot invasion, son You can't run from it Reggie Noble, Yo, yo, come on, it's your time to step up Check it out, the original shit We making it, taking it To the extremes, we breaking it When we get inside the zone Then you know that it's good Or you jelly cat, stop marinating my wood Niggas, grab the mic with loads of malarkey I break the knowledge and wield the anarchy Put it on who butts, who's unsettled with ignorance Give the last sentence with poignance and diligence 18 wheeling through niggas like truckers Breaking ankles, put it on like we at the ruckus Guaranteeing that shorty can move it around In the place to get you high, believe you here on the ground Contenders, don't you even think the challenge the crown Of these brothers who so eloquently hold the beat down Fuck the rigmarole, we vying for the control Read the musical equation of the whole entire nation Five dogs, bust the bus What up? Yo, Reggie Noble, yo, it's time to step up Yo, yo, I'm just the ill nigga who don't got it all upstairs Riding dick, get the balls to they come in pairs Oh yeah, throw the goggles on these engineers Cause it might get kinda wet when I spit this here Yo, I'm six foot one with a big ass gun To carry it, you need a waistline the size of big pun But I'll move crowds without a gun like if the New York State lottery is 99 million When it's time to flow, I surprise and blow 500,000 units of a diamond troll 40 below, I'm throwing when it's time to throw The caboose, I'm even hard to be touched by a masseuse Four dot gets the money